everyone, welcome to episode 608 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. And me, Michael. Today we're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 25th and the 29th of December. 25th of December, you say? Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. Episodes <clears throat> yes. 11,145 to 11,150. Yes, you feel very strange today. Merry Christmas! Hooray, Merry so whatever Christmas! You do. Whatever you're doing this time of year, Merry Christmas, you lovely lot. Hope you've all had a nice week, and uh, we're hopefully going to be making your weekend even more jolly with a lovely podcast for you all. Lots to talk about. In <laughs> there seems to have been, I don't know whether it's just been the fact that we've been sitting around for a lot of the week. And I've been, I've been like perusing the curry forums and subreddits and everything. But it seems like there's been an awful lot to talk about with curry this week, hasn't there? Oh yeah, there have been many topics. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Is that good though? I don't know. Well, mm. there are there are some big things to discuss this week. One, what did we think of the Christmas Day episode that was only half an hour and not much happened? Two, what do we think of Peter's exit? And three, the big old one, what do we think of old Bobby? Bobby, what's his surname? I've got to remember. Donovan. No, he's not Bobby. He gave his... Um, Bobby Daffro. <laughs> something like I don't know. But um, all three of those topics seem to have generated quite a lot of discussion online. We'll be adding to that this evening. Uh, but first, we need to talk about what excitement we had yesterday, didn't we? We we had another Corrie encounter for Christmas. We met the lovely Todd Boyce. <gasps> yes, indeed, Gemma, your hero, Stephen oh, Reed in I the love flesh. Him so much. <laughs> he was so great. He was so Panto at in Derby. Derby Live. Yes. Um, it was Mother Goose, and we all know the famous story of Mother Goose. <laughs> I think, like, he played the demon they... Vanity. You know, Lucifer da- da- Van- uh, Vanity. The the, the the plots of um uh, of pantomimes are usually fairly fluid anyway. But I think I challenge anybody to name the story of Mother Goose, and I think you'd just be then like, well, it? there's it's a goose that lays the... golden eggs. Is that really the same story, or is there a Mother Goose and also the goose that lays the golden I've eggs? I've got no idea. I, I really, really don't know. Like at least everyone's got a general idea about what you know Cinderella and Jack and the Beanstalk is about. But well, what did you know? Mother Goose is about a, a town where. Um, nobody pays rent. Nobody pays any rent. There's a devil that's trying to St- steal everyone's souls. All co- oh yes, stealing their souls with with what? With a gun. With a soul gun. Soul and sucker. A soul sucker. And uh, and and Mother Goose sets up a pizza. Now hang on, Mother Spoilers Goose. for anyone. That's... Is the most benevolent and beloved good soul in the whole land. So if Demon Vanity can manage to corrupt her then he can steal all of our souls in the audience, which I was worried about. Well, Gemma, he's already stolen your heart, hasn't he? And I can't have both. <laughs> So, see, uh, Todd's character was was the villain, and we were, we had the, the best seat. We were stage left, weren't we? We were sitting... Michael and very... made sure that we were stage left. I yes. didn't make sure. You yes, were on the did. Bo- did I? Yes, you oh, did. Oh, okay, okay. I remember what happened. You know, um, you, all your thespian... Uh, I know what side the baddies stuff. come off of the stage. Um, and, and very luckily for you, the, the the gentleman or woman in front of you was not there. They left a nice viewing space for you. No, so there, you had, but there was a man to, to the. There, there was a man to the left front of you, but me, you still had was... a fairly unobscured view, which was which was good. And that uh, wasn't Todd. <laughs> Oh, he was magnificent. <laughs> he was so... He had little. He had a red wig on, like a kind of curly, like yeah. um, regency kind of hairstyle with like a pair of devil horns coming out, and he had this big. Yeah, it did big look red, like. Um, um, Baron sort of suit, wasn't yeah, it? like a cool kind of military esque kind of looking thing. Yeah, so very, very Georgian era. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, he was very flamboyant, <sighs> and 
somewhat camp, and one might say. He can sing he, really well. He, he had his own song. Sing. He did Padam. Yeah, the the songs were kind of like a mixture of possibly originals, but I don't know. They I might, thought the beginning they might be. at the beginning, I was like, this isn't. They they've just made these songs out because they can't afford pop songs. But then as we got through, they yeah. must have. Found some more money. Padam by Kylie Millow yeah. did manage to make it in there with a, with a few twists to make it fit the plot. Yes. And that was Todd Boyce's big solo number. And didn't he do well? He was he was very good. Oh, he, he was had, great. Um, he, he did a number of voices and accents throughout the He did the French. Film. He did... Um, yeah. Did he do a Spanish one at one point? He attempted a Spanish accent. Yeah. yeah. He had um, some good jokes. I think the whole I point very was that they weren't him. supposed to be good accents, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, he I, was the he pretended to be the Duke Orange. Yeah, uh, he was fun. He was. Oh, he was for, for me, I uh, obviously mega biased, but I would yeah. say he was the most memorable of the characters because you know you had your you had your dame, you had your beautiful heroine, you had your 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 hero fairy. bloke, you get your fairy, and um, yeah, with, with him there, he was definitely he stole the show for me. But as as often is the case with these kind of characters, he uh, he he didn't have a whole lot of stage time, did he? He would just kind of come on to the old dun 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 every now and again. Boo. He spoke in rhyme a lot of the time. He got booed, um, and yeah, it was it was a very very fun show. I was uh, have uh, yeah, I was very very pleased that we went to go and see it. And it was because it was just twenty minutes down the road from where my dad lives at the moment. It was very very handy for us, wasn't it? Yes. So um, Morgan good, Brind good was is the the dame, and apparently wrote it all and did all the all of the costumes and everything. The dame's mm. costumes were hilarious. I love a panto. <sighs> I, I do. Um, but this was this was a particularly good one, and then and then afterwards we uh, we met up with Todd. We'd uh, we'd exchange a few messages beforehand, and we were, went off to the local what was it like a harvester or something? I think afterwards yeah, to drink. to go and have a drink together. He was it was just very lucky because he had two shows that he was putting on yesterday. We went to see the matinee, and then the um the evening show started fairly soon afterwards. It really didn't did. It? So, uh, but he did um, uh, spare us half half an hour or so, wasn't it? We went across and we, we chatted and we talked about Stephen and we talked about what he's up to next with this sleuth play and um, all sorts of... And, and he, he talked about... Um, uh, my Halloween costume. He did, yeah. Him. It was really, really. He lovely. was so nice. Yeah, he's he's very very. He was very generous chat. with his time, considering yeah. he didn't have very much at all. And yeah, really friendly and cool. And oh, I miss him in Croy already. I know. I Bring know. back Uncle Steve. We, we we even talked about Christmas Eastenders, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> because we, did. we both watched the Christmas Day episode. But we won't talk about that. Not maybe not much anyway, because I'm sure there's plenty of other podcasts and things that have got lots more intelligent things to say about the Eastenders. Christmas specials this year but um, yeah it was it was a lovely lovely time and then we sat in a car for three hours on the way back so I would like to say thank you very much to Todd Boyce for um, being, having, being lovely so and wonderful nice. and, and being nice and buying us a drink afterwards yeah, and Gemma did. well done you took a photo as well for our collection I did. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. We're collecting all the souls. We are. We're collecting. This is it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the the thing with it, he had like a soul gun, didn't he? That yeah, he that's would, what he said. He'd point soul at people. Sucker. Yeah, he'd suck their souls out. Uh, anyway, um, anything else? Have you got you? I asked you earlier if you had a quiz. I, you said no back then, but um, have Ooh, you got? Have one? I done a quiz? Have you done a quiz? Yes. You. you have you really? Me. I didn't force you. I just asked you whether you had a quiz, and I and you said no, and I thought, okay, I won't push it then because no, it's Christmas. No, you said. You said, should I write you a quiz? I said no. <laughs> I haven't okay. even got pen and paper ready because I wasn't expecting it. Oh, you got it. Probably. I shouldn't have bothered then. You got I'll my... just save this for next year. Right, no, go on. Go on, give me a Christmas quiz. It is the time for Christmas qu- quizzes, isn't it? You know, Christmas. 
I'll be scared of this paper you're waving in their face. Right, go on. Give me, give me some questions. These are all things that happen on Play Christmas Day. Play along at home, everybody. Shh. These are all things that happen on Christmas Day. Years ending in a three and an eight. I predict that there will be no questions about what happened on Christmas Day 2023 in the future. Oh, dear. <laughs> the answer is... Nothing. Nothing. Um, <laughs> but more on that later. Source this information from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 1963. Which two characters return for Annie Walker's This Is Your Life? Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. One of them was old um, Esther Hayes. You're allowed to confirm or deny this. Um, no. The answer is yes to that one. But I will also say Dennis, Tanner and Linda Javesky. No. What? Oh, No. Who was it? Uh, I thought that they did. Okay, I'm going to keep on guessing and say oh, Billy okay. Walker. Yeah. And um, Joan Walker. Yeah, Joan Davies. Okay, I got there in the end. I'm pretty sure that Esther Hayes okay, turns up. Okay, Esther Hayes definitely turns up, but she says she's going to live in Glasgow. Oh, that was her final appearance, mate. Doesn't matter. I got there into. Uh, you give me a point for that. I get like at least 10 points. Because <laughs> it's crazy. 10 points. I'm going to give us 19... two points because I got there in the end. 88. Whose flat does Deirdre escape from? Oh, oh, yeah, I vaguely remember this, but not strongly enough to remember whose exactly it was. Um, I can't remember the name of him, you have to tell me. Brian Roscoe. No, yeah, I would not have got that one. 1998, Judy gives birth to twins. What are their names? William and Rebecca. Billy and Becky. Two points. What does 2003 What does Steve find out that causes him to threaten Tracy with death? He's the daddy of Amy. She's pregnant with his kid. Yeah. And she's, he knew she was pregnant already. He's going to marry he's, Karen. He's about to marry Karen. Yeah, I know. This you didn't just been, say any of this. I knew it all, though. It was just been on ITV2. It's not allowed. They're only on February 2004 at the moment. That, that's Is that how you got your, your first? Yeah. Right, any more? 2013, who does Nick slap at Christmas dinner? Leanne. What a great day. <laughs> That's the end. Hooray. And she still had to face like a slap backside in this she week's episode. It, she? She's been carrying that What forward. was it she said in this week's episode? Everyone was being asses because of the set menu in the bistro. Yeah, and she's like... Funny. I can't remember what she said. It was like, we hate our neighbours. Uh, yeah. Or something along those. I think that's what she was thinking. Well, I still very well <laughs> on that one. That's what I'm going to say for that part from the Deirdre uh, question, which was too hard, but good birthdays. quiz. Good Christmas quiz. Who has got who has got a Christmas birthday? 30th of December, David Jones, who was Colin Lomax, but also in The Monkeys. Yeah. 31st of December, Johnny Lees, or Leesy, played Harry Clayton. 1st of January, Michelle Holmes, who played Tina Fowler. And Jimmy Mystery, who played Carl Nazir. 5th of January. Did you say Carl Nazir there? Carl Nazir. Carl. <laughs> Sorry. It's my That's accent. Okay. 5th of January. <laughs> That's how we say it around here. Oh, Carl. Carl. Carl Nazir. Uh, 5th of January, Harry Elton, who was the first uncredited executive producer. He certainly was. 6th of January, producer and writer Tim Aspinall. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for your quiz and birthdays. Excellent. I didn't give birth to any of them. Well, we are almost saying goodbye to 2023 in Coronation Street, but there is one episode on Sunday night for New Year's Eve when the Rovers will apparently be open if all goes to plan. But before we get to that, let's have a good old chinwag about what went on on the cobbles this week. You ready? Mm-hmm. Good. All right, so... 
festive street talk time. Just before we get into the stories, Gemma, how did you? How festive are you feeling about this week's Coronation Street? And did you uh, did you appreciate the outfits that I, they went to to make everything all Christmassy for us this week? Well, I tell you what, at Christmas time, my favourite thing was. Um, when you finally got the six all together in the room and you no, knew that they were going to kill I said somebody. we're not speaking about EastEnders. And you didn't know who it was going to be, but you had an inkling. <laughs> and then one of them jumps back up alive. East, EastEnders was proper good one on Christmas Day. We like we never watch EastEnders. But I was like, I want to watch it. I want to watch what happens because of all the lead up that there's been. And it was, it was pretty darn fantastic. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but um, yeah, I've seen I've seen one person say they didn't like it. I've seen a one or two people say they didn't like it, but on the whole, it's been very well received. So therefore, it's good. And, <laughs> and we, oh, did we, yeah, we watched Boxing Day and everything as well. But we're not talking about that. Go and listen oh. to go and listen to that Wolford the other podcast. One. Go listen to a different podcast. Uh, we're going to be telling you about all the fun festive stuff. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the... Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> they they had Christmas music. Ugh. It's like, yeah, they did, didn't they? Listen, I'm gonna. And when Monday's episode started, there was about a two-second gap between the music finishing, the the theme music finishing, and and the Christmas music starting. Like, oh, at last, have we broken the curse that every Christmas Day episode has to start? No, there it is. There, they even used that piece of music before. Honestly, tell you how they could have got more viewers. mm -hmm. The music could have been. Do, 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 do. <laughs> to trick them. I'm not going to be horrible the whole time, but... There, there um, may be a somewhat bit of festive say, snark in tonight's podcast. I, I didn't pay 100% attention, and I know it's going to shock everybody, because I'm normally really, really detail-orientated when it comes to watching Coronation Street. But we were with Michael's family, and I was trying to help them to get up to speed and answering questions that they had we did about have what that was to do on. as well yes we did i kind of i kind of liked um the, the the bit with everybody going into the shop at the beginning of monday's yeah, episode or even, it was it was an idea that kind of worked and everyone was saying oh no uh, let me in as well hang on, we got to, listen you got to dial your expectations into what we got that was hilarious <laughs> that compared to some of what we got that was that was comedy that gold was top. they had that some, was like more and wise making breakfast they had they had a they had a drone shot down the street you don't get them every week do you they did have a weird van with a father christmas on the top that they, they did have around. a weird van with a father Obviously, cost a lot of money. Makes a change from the Argos van, doesn't it? Do you think that they got a discount on all this stuff? Because obviously, they don't. They need it like. Oh yeah, they need it back in October. October time, don't they? So they're like, can we just borrow your Christmas things and? Yeah, as long as you get, you. as long as you give it back to us after by the time by Halloween's over. Yeah, yeah. then that's fine. Um, I tell you what, I did not like, and and why why they well, have the rest to... of it. I didn't like the panning up to the stars at the end of the Christmas Day episode. Why? Why do you... It looks so rubbish. I'm really... Give them points for not putting a cheeky little shooting star or... That's true. Chris Crimble again, like we had last year. Yes, last year we did have Magical Christmas Man from behind the post box, didn't we? (laughs) Oh, no, but when they panned up to the stars... And it it was... How many... There was quite a few stars. You know they're going to do that. On New Year's Eve now, they're, they're going to yeah. have fireworks. Let, place fireworks. your bets now, Ed. You'd better not do this. No, but Ed, don't listen. Fake CGI fireworks yep. over and the Rovers do. on Sunday night's episode. <laughs> place your bets now. <laughs> Just don't gamble your house on them. Uh, they, they they need to get away from some of these no. expectations or things that they think are the rules of Christmas. You, you don't need that. And it looks so, so fake. Yeah, I mean, it looked like Weatherfield being picked up and put in the middle of, like... 
uh, dark sky park because you would not yeah, see. Yeah, no light pollution from Weatherford. Apparently, at the end of at the end of Christmas Day's episode, there was an apocalyptic explosion in Manchester that took out most of the population, which is why it was dark. <laughs> and just minutes away, where the hordes were about to knock the gates down at Media City to try and ask them for food. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, the other kind of talking point around it, I suppose, is the fact that it was half an hour on Christmas Day. Um, I've seen. Mixed. I've seen mixed opinions on that. I think beforehand, lots of people were saying, well, you know, well, some people were saying, well, uh, and I, I think we probably said the same as well. It seems like Coronation Street isn't trying this year. They know that there's no point competing with EastEnders. They know that in the last few years, they've their Christmas Day ratings have gone down. So, you know, they're, they're obviously not even bothering to, to give it a, a good shot this year. Other people have said, no, well, that maybe half an hour is all you need on Christmas Day. Um, it felt... It, and we, we you said on the podcast last week that when the musical number's over, it'll kind of be stopping in to see what some of them are doing on Christmas Day. And then by the time you know it, it's the end of the episode. And that kind of is what it was, isn't it? I get why they did it. Because they wanted to have a two-hander with with, um, with Carla, and, Carla Peter. and Peter the following day. And because of the way Corey's set up now, you can't really do two-handers anymore because it's an hour long. So the argument will always be, oh, it was only half of the episode. You know? It does make me wonder whether a Christmas Day and Boxing Day's episodes were originally written... As one. As, as one to be a whole hour on Christmas Day. Because th- these days, well, it, the, the normal way of doing things is that the hour episode that we get now is written as two half an hour episodes, isn't it? So it could well be that they decided to split it. I, I don't know necessarily what the benefit of that would be. Corrie did get a bit more of a racing's boost on the Boxing Day. Um, I, but then they hadn't really publicised much about Peter's exit, had they? We, we, we knew it was, was happening. It? I don't think there was a trailer but or... No, there was no, hey, everybody, you need to tune into Coronation Street on Boxing Day. There's a big two-hander, well, two-hander-ish, um, and it's going to be Chris Gascoigne's last episode. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they did end up getting an extra 400,000 people watching on, on the Boxing Day. I suppose it's not much at the end of the day. But, yeah, Christmas, Christmas Day was just a bit of a dud for me. Um, there was an awful lot of... It was. It was checking in on how people are getting on. It felt like the plots didn't particularly progress too much. There was some not particularly successful attempts at humour. Um, like, my, my possibly my worst bit of the... Um, we will get onto some positives, I promise. In one of my worst bits about Christmas Day's episode was Bloody Mary. And didn't we, didn't we, didn't we say that... Roy and Evelyn having their lovely semi-romantic Christmas together at the cafe would just end up with Mary being a gooseberry. And it was. What did she add to those scenes other than, hey, look, Patty Clare's in it today. Going bouncy, 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 bouncy on a Swiss exercise board. That there was exactly what's wrong with Mary these days. She used to be really funny, but now she just come in as a bit of, like, she's escaped from the asylum, you know? Yep, like the... okay, so um, now it's time for the news. <laughs> and that, that was this week's Coronation Street. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a real shame, uh, but, but fair play because lots of people I have seen really did enjoy that Christmas Day episode and they said, you know, if we're just you know, sitting down after our Christmas dinners and we're watching with our families, we just want to see what our characters are doing and, and that will do. Yes. But 
But Christmas Day shouldn't be about that. People say I've seen lots of people saying, Christmas "Well, Day you know, shouldn't back be in... about watching television with your family after having a nice meal." No, they they say that it shouldn't be about the big stunts and explosions and revelations. But why? That's what that's what soap is. Yes, back in the day, back in the sixties and the seventies, if there was an episode of Corrie on Christmas Day, there wasn't necessarily the same big shocks and stunts and twists and everything. But that's no reason to say, well, let's do an episode like that. And I will also add to that, and sorry if this is a little bit sacrilege as well, back in the 60s and 70s, when they just caught up with what some of our favourite families were doing on Christmas Day, I'm going to say the characters were a bit more lovable back then. Oh, There's, dear. I, for checking in with what the Baileys are doing, um, I'm, I'm not particularly... Not particularly fussed. There, there, there was, there were, there were, there aren't enough characters that were shown in that episode that I was like super enthralled to to see what their festive adventures would be. Oh, let's see what Eliza and Stu are up to on Christmas Day. Well, that doesn't really compare to Ina, Minnie, and Martha around the table at the snug, does it? Now, <laughs> do you want to say anything? Do you want to save me from myself here? No, it's Gemma? okay. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I, 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 it was a shame, but. Boxing Day, I enjoyed more. That was the two-hander with Carla and Peter. I think I was more up on that one than you were, wasn't I? Um, yeah. You wanna, do you want to say anything now or save it till that story comes along? Um, <laughs> Just make me look like a negative Nancy. Uh, okay, right. So, it was really well acted and the script was, was great. But the concept, I did not buy and they couldn't convince me that anything that happened in that episode made any real sense. And they tried really hard, but I just can't see why it makes any sense that Peter, Carla would say, oh, Peter, I'm so worried about you. You need to go and, you know, Mm. be on a boat with a bunch of guys and nothing to do, but think about how much you want to drink. He said that if he saw a glass, he'd turn away. Yeah, but that's all they do. Why? No one else is going to be not drinking because they're, you know, that's not fair on everybody else. So they're all going to be drunk all the time. I'm sure they will be. For me, the fact that he was going on a drink that was, yeah. On a drink. On a, on a boat, sorry, that was tantamount to a year-long booze cruise. That didn't bother me so much. It was just the way that they they had to engineer it so that Peter, sorry, I can't leave because my actor has decided to quit. Well, this is it. It it didn't quite, it didn't quite fit for me. Karna fell foul of when Bavna wanted to leave and she couldn't conceive of a way in that uh, Rana and Kate would split up. So she said, right, kill me off. And then everyone was mad about it because it fell into the kill your Drake, kill your gaze trope. And uh, unfortunately not a really good look. But I can see her point um, because in this situation, it's the same thing that sort of happened with Toya and Spider. Our love is so great and immense, but we can't be together because we, we're contracts are, are keeping mm. us apart. Like there's literally no reason. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody does this in real life. This is not logical. This is not how people act. So how do you get around this problem of having and you can't always... an established character and this maybe is this why 
Coronation Street is reluctant to make couples such a big deal. I don't think it is, but they could certainly pretend it was. Yeah. It was the same with Roy and Hayley, wasn't it? Yeah. Obviously, Roy and Hayley wouldn't split up, yeah. so they ended up having to kill off Hayley. I'm, I'm kind of glad that they didn't kill off Peter, because uh, is he going to come back? I don't know. Chris Gascoigne has, has kind of, in a, in a little interview that he did afterwards, made it clear that, yeah, the door has been left open for me, never say never and all that. But I if that was the luck... I think he'll be back in two years' time. I, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but then equally, if he doesn't come back, I feel like he did get a bit of a send-off with the, with all the Barlows <laughs> and the Battersby's on, on Boxing Day morn. Um Mm. But I just thought uh, it was. Weird. It just felt weird. The the, the the performance, Chris Chris Gascoigne is I, I've always said is one of the best actors on the show. And um, somebody on Twitter, Bobby, I think it was, um, put messaged us the other day and said one of the the um, most the highest compliments that she can give to to Chris is that um, he you forget that you're watching an actor. When you watch Peter Barlow, you are watching Peter Barlow and it doesn't even enter into your head that this is Chris Gascoigne reading lines. And that's exactly how I feel about him. He uh, It might be to do with the fact that he, you know, he's not on social media. He doesn't make his presence. He doesn't do all the interviews. Um, he's, a, he's a bit of an enigma. He's a bit of an Eileen Derbyshire kind of person. Although he does hang around the set quite a lot, apparently. Um, but I, I totally believe him as... as uh, Peter Barlow and I think that both he and Alison King did a wonderful job with the script that Jan yeah. McVary gave them on, on Tuesday Jan McVary um, and, and those two did a, as good a job as they possibly could have done with the concept mm. that made no sense yeah yeah. Because, and, and she's like oh I'm a businesswoman I can't leave you can, no one leaves you at the factory shouting at them I don't, don't, I don't, buy, I don't just don't buy it, it. She's, she's had itchy feet before she doesn't need to be there. She's gone travelling. She's she's gone to LA and all this stuff. Mm. If you really loved him, you'd go with him to make sure he didn't pick up the ball because you I can't see how being isolated and alone with your thoughts is a great place for somebody who is questioning their life after having had a battled alcoholism to the extent that they needed a new liver. Yeah. Please tell me how that makes sense. There, there was also... And also, what, what's he going to do about his... I was thinking about this. What's he going to do about his medication and his... He needs to take pills <laughs> all the time. He needs to have checkups, surely. How is he going to take care of himself when he's going around the world? He's not going to have proper health care. I'm not being horrible about other countries. It's not like we have the best health care in the world, but it's certainly much easier to access... And you don't have to pay for it at the point of accessing it. Yeah, I don't think he could fit very many liver pills in that rucksack of his that he had slung over his back on the tram. What, wasn't that a flex? Yeah, this is all I need. (laughs) Just got three pairs of pants and a toothbrush. (laughs) Well, it's a good job that Carla didn't go with Peter because who else would have put up Bobby when he came in on the very very next episode? I thought you'd say who else would have put up with Bobby? (laughs) Well, well, maybe that's true as well. Um, But let's get to him when we get there. I mean, so so Monday's episode basically for me, I I was just left feeling Christmas Day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, that was that was that was that then. We'll, we'll find out in a minute. Tuesday, I thought, I, I feel like I watched a good episode and I think they did the best they could with the concept that they had, but unfortunately the concept it wasn't, wasn't the best. The f- and then Wednesday oh. and Friday's episodes, I just they, they were normal, but we, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't able to do any of the shorts this week, the but thi- I, I don't think they'd have been rated very highly. The thing that bugged me about 
the Boxing Day episode was that it was clearly p- posited as this really iconic special episode. I know it wasn't a proper two-hander because we had some scenes at the beginning and the end with other characters, but other, I think, you know, we talk about two-handers all the time. They've only been, what, Two, well, yeah, there's not, there's not been many, but this is interesting because you got your Curly and Raquel two-hander for the millennium. You got your Tracy and Deirdre two-hander in, when was it, 2007, 2008 or whatever, where Tracy confesses to Deirdre that she actually did kill Charlie on yeah. purpose. Those were both proper two-handers. And when you when Corey Vans talk about the two-handers, those are the episodes that you're talking about. But then you've also got Richard and Gail in 2003 when he confesses to killing Patricia and everything else on that episode. And yeah. often that doesn't get bundled along with the other Corey two-handers because there for a brief other, second, yeah. David and Sarah Louise are sitting on the stairs or, or, or something. Um, and there was an awful lot more other characters in this episode than in that one so I don't know whether because there was such a long gap is it a canonical two-hander does it even really matter I I don't know well they obviously deliberately did this to impart extra meaning to it didn't they yeah it was one of these you know these are two legacy characters Carla's been in the show for, what, 15, 20 years nearly. Um, Pete, Chris Gascoigne's been in the show. Peter's been in the show the on and off since the millennium. These two have been... They're the Burton and Taylor of Weatherfield. Um, yeah. And, and you know, they've and always been in know, each other's... Peter's a, a legacy character. Pants. Yeah, Yeah. So, right. so let's give them this big, big send-off because they, as a couple, deserve it. Yeah, and on paper, you say, all oh, Boxing Day, two-hander... Carla and Peter, Peter leaves. You think, wow, great. Mm. This is going to be amazing. And then you watch it and it's just two people trying to convince you that what they're doing makes sense. Yeah, their crackpot plan has actually got merit. They needed to make them split up because this just felt like, at the end of the day, half the people that watched it still don't know or, you know, half the people think they're together and half the people think they broke up. Nobody knows if they broke up or not. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> why, why on earth couldn't they have just said, yeah, we'll send you a postcard? Uh, well, report, they... babe. He's like, oh, no, we've got to make a clean break. But I thought you weren't splitting up. Are you splitting up or not? I think that what they are you kind doing? Of, I think that Carla has admitted to herself. She she was on, on Wednesday's episode, was it, when, from... when Izzy and Sean were kind of needling her about it. She, uh, she was... Kind of, and even Roy, there, there was that there was that, that great line on Wednesday's episode where she's where she was telling Roy in the cafe what had happened, and Roy's like, "So what? Are you not going?" And she says, "Roy, do you need me to spell it out to you?" And he's yeah, like, I do. He says, "I I think you probably do." Yes, <laughs> that yeah, was just brilliant. But they Roy didn't, not I, getting things. They didn't. Well, I don't get it either. <laughs> and and they you know they they showed Peter looking at with maudlin eyes at a laptop showing a picture of a yacht a few times but I've done that myself doesn't mean I want to go on a round the world cruise without you oh thanks darling Mm. Well, certainly not a, a, you know the drop of a hat there it's was a- just it just felt like a massive mess they should have they should have had them break up properly I know that people would hate it but it would have made better television this is what you've got to think to yourself are you do you want to save the feelings of a select group of, of hardcore fans that you know are going to kick off because you know that they would. Carter fans, Yeah, and that's fair enough, because they're a couple that shouldn't break up. Or are you trying to make good telly? Mm. Because sometimes you make good telly <clears> and you <throat> sacrifice the character stuff, and and sometimes it's vice versa. I felt like they, they, just, they didn't make good telly and they didn't make good character choices in this story. 
Well, it, they failed on both counts. It was also a story that didn't have much build-up to it. No, that's what I mean. I mean. P- Peter had that lovely scene at the AA meeting. Yeah. When was that? Wednesday last week, I'm going to say. Maybe Friday, where he was talking about how empty he feels inside and his life has got no meaning. That was kind of where his exit story started. Yes, there'd been the odd scene of him looking at a Hayes travel advert and we'd heard about his mate Mickey on the boat a couple of months ago and okay, since he ran into run over Stephen and accidentally bumped him off a couple of months ago, he's been a bit down for a couple of scenes. But it felt very, very rushed. And even in the couple of weeks before that AA scene, we didn't see anything of Peter. That's how you say goodbye to a, a legacy character. You don't say, oh, God, you're going in a week, probably better put a storyline together, which obviously wasn't what it was, but it did feel a little bit like that. He, he kind of got Emily Bishop, didn't he? Yeah, and, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The more I think about it, the more it makes me a bit cross because it felt like a massive fumble. And yeah. everyone tried their best, that's what it meant, but it felt mm. like they were trying to shove a square peg into a round hole. Mm. It didn't make any sense, no matter how much you dressed it up, it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't logical at all. And, um, yeah, I just... And you can't... Like, having him... It just boggles my mind. <laughs> they, he had, they had him kill off Stephen, and then he met, met his liver donor, and then he went to the AA, and he was talking about all this and looking at pictures of, of yachts. But it all felt like just so com- so disjointed and it didn't feel like any of it came together coherently, even though it kind of makes sense in a way. But at the end at the end of it, it never really felt like I was picking up. It's the sort of the story pieces. where somebody at Coronation Street could sit you down and say, no, 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 this did make yeah, sense. And they would be able to explain this. it very well, exactly. logically. Since Stephen was killed, <clears throat> yes. He, he's been going on this this spiral, but... How does killing somebody turn into I want to go on a yacht? Mm. Tell you what they should have done. Tell you what he should have done, Gemma. He should have been bloody gambling that or, or bartering that paperclip all year, into and instead a yacht. he into it exact. That's exact, or, or just a plane ticket. He could yeah. have been there. He's like, finally, I can swap this for a motorbike. This is what I've been working up towards motorbike. all the year. Yeah, that's what he wanted at the end, wasn't it? Yeah. And he and he got, but he got there. And yeah. when was it? Late no January, early February. But if this had been a thread for Peter all the year, where he could have got his motorbike, or he could have got this plane ticket. They knew he was ticket. leaving all the way back then. Yeah, they of course they. Did. They must have done. Um, and they had the perfect... Yeah, you're right. Sorry, Corey. No, no. <laughs> well... Sorry. I'm, it, I'm not here to just we don't, sing not, your praises every week. Yeah. And we are more positive, I think, than lots of people about it in general. I, I think so. I think so, believe it or not. Because I try I've, to always look at the positives, and I know the people work really hard on it. I'm sure it when we get be, to that story, we'll be able to find more it's positives. It's really sad when you work hard on something, and somebody craps all over it. But... I mean, um, some people really thought it was good. I haven't seen a whole lot of praise for the Boxing Day episode, which to is, be honest. Which is really bad, because that should have been the redeeming... Yeah. After Mondays, after Christmas Days, was a bit of a letdown for me. I thought, well, you know, at least tomorrow's is going to be. be great. Well, this is the and point. It, and it was in a way. Uh, the, the way that Mondays no. left it, I, I thought, it. it can't possibly be completely satisfactorily tied together in 22, 23 minutes. Why did they do it like that? <laughs> why did they do it like that? It's like they, they it's like they cut it. I know this is not why. Probably what happened was they got told you got a half an hour here and a half an hour there. But 
and they thought we'll capitalise on this by making it a two-hander or something like mm. that. But they ruined it by not even making it a two-hander. But they couldn't have made it a two-hander anyway because you can't have Peter just leaving without speaking to anybody but Carla. It didn't make any sense. It wouldn't have made any sense. Um, and, and I hated and I think the transition, if they do... the scenes, the transitions between the scenes what, as the time fades? passed it. I hated it. I wanted to rip my eyes out and throw them at the television. <laughs> I, I think that if they had made it a two-hander, that probably would have made it worse because I would have bemoaned the fact that he didn't get to say goodbye to his dad and as it is Simon got completely shunned didn't he but I think there are plot reasons for that um Mm. but I I think that even if they'd have given them an extra what five minutes maybe would that have given them I don't think it would have made much difference I don't think in the next episode yeah but I don't think that would have made no the the two-hander any better if there had been an extra five minutes of just Carla and Peter good thing about it was that they this doesn't go down as an official two-hander so they don't ruin their... <laughs> their track record. Well, I'll tell you what, that, Car- that Curly and Raquel one, that's the, one of the best episodes ever. That is literally one of my favourite episodes of Coronation Street ever. And that was her coming back and there were so many callbacks of the past. That was an hour-long episode, wasn't it? They managed to make Curly and Raquel last a whole hour, actually. There you go. There you go, um, Gemma. Shut up. Yeah, so maybe they could have done with Carla and Peter, but I still no. don't think an hour would have been enough to, to make have it made make it make any sense. So <laughs> half an hour probably was long enough. Oh, oh gosh. That bit in the episode with Curly and Raquel when she's speaking French on the phone and Curly's like, oh, you can speak French. Oh, I love it so much. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Well, I would have liked to have seen Carla or Peter speak French. <laughs> um, we need to get started. We're talking about this week's stories and doing a little bit of synopsizing. I think we do. I think we do. We haven't done too much already. We've just, <sighs> we've just dumped on Did it you want from to talk a great highlight. the ratings? Um, let's, let's do it in the news section because there's, there's, other, there's other newsy bits and just general things to talk about there. Um, but right, instead of the normal cheesy Coronation Street puns for storyline titles this time, Gemma, I have got some Christmas puns. And they're not really related to the stories, but I've tried to make Christmas puns related to the characters that star in the stories. And I will tell you now, they're all terrible. But I thought I'd do it. I think I've done this before. I don't know. So, first storyline, the Carla and Peter storyline, and Bobby, Carla the Bells. Like, yeah, yeah, like Carla the Bells, exactly. Carla the Bells. Carla the Bells. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, after that, we have got I Believe in Father Christmas. (laughs) Gemma's just putting her head in her hands for this one. I'm taking my glasses off Um, so I can rub my eyes. Next one, Paula Cracker. That's that's all right. (laughs) It's not a Paul. Imagine if your name was Paula Cracker. Um, if your name's Paula Cracker, write in. We'll give you a free subscription. <laughs> your subscription to Patreon. Not gonna, you can listen to us moan about Coronation Street for free for a whole year. Um, Christmas Eve, Lynn, is coming up next. Yes. Yeah, that works. That writes itself, doesn't it? Felisa Navidad. You hate that song. I hate that song. And you um, hate that character. I, I, I well, really want to like again. Eliza. She's got... I, I, I'm struggling to sing her. Um, next one, Gemma... Um, Tommy O, Little Town of Bethlehem. Tommy O, yeah, Little Tommy Town o. of Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then also the Rovers story comes back in, and there was a sneak entry in tonight's episode, so I didn't have time to come up with the Christmas pun. But uh, No rooms at the inn. No room at the inn. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so. 
Hooray! <laughs> Hooray for Christmas, everyone. Christmas time. Oh, it must be so fun to be on the EastEnders podcast this week. Um, Listen, which... it's all up and down. I'm not buying into anybody's doom and gloom st- predictions about the end of soaps as you know it. There's one bad episode. There's been, there's been so lot much talk online moaning. this week. So much about this is the end of soaps. The ratings are going down. This can't last for much longer. Corrie needs a new producer. Everyone should be sack fired. All the writers. Yeah, sack all the writers. What are you talking about? I'm not going to say that it's not time for a new producer at Coronation Street. Clearly it is. Ian McLeod has been doing it for a very long time, longer than almost any other producer, I think. I don't think that's true. No, I think it is. Honestly, I think that he's maybe even the second... um, uh, second longest running producer on Coronation Street now. Um, It it, it feels like there needs to be some fresh blood. And yes, somebody who's going to be Not, wielding that axe a little bit. Yeah, I don't but know. But hey, there's been some spoilers about other Killer Lehman characters this appeared over the day. Are we going to do a uh, cabin extra about it that later? depends on what, how long We'll see takes. what time it is. Do you want to do Carol of the Bells or would you like me to? Carla of the Bells. Carla of the Bells. Okay, right. On Monday, Peter gives Carla a bracelet. It says, P loves C. That oh, was sweet. Sounds rude. What does that mean? If you... I think that's really rude. <laughs> she loves it. Of course she does. She says you'll get yours later. <laughs> <laughs> Your peak and love my see you later. <laughs> but only for one day. One more day. Carla and Peter left alone number one later and Ken and Bertie are asleep in the chair and Carla tells him to come outside. She gives him his present. It is a one-way plane ticket so he can go and join his mate's crew. I don't think she should have used the word mate though because it's got a specific nautical connotation which I don't think she meant to use. <laughs> Your friend. Uh, yes. Uh, it's a present for you. I'm not coming. Lovely. No, even not. She, she would. I think that that Alison Sinclair. No, sorry, Alison King. Alison Sinclair <laughs> did not make a cameo. In this. Alison King delivered that line really well. She, she sold that. I didn't that. say that like, I was. Oh, I'm not coming, lovey. I didn't say I, I was representing not, her. I know, I know, I know this actress. is why they get paid so much money. She. It was. It was a real kind of oh sort of moment, and that's when they panned up to the sky, and it was a bit naff. See, but the, the other tr- problem with this is that this makes so much more sense if it literally is just. A year. What do you mean? Like, go off for a year, get out of your system, come back, we'll carry on loving each other for the rest of our lives. Yeah. That, that that's the only way this makes any sense whatsoever, but instead it turned into, like, what? so what does she expect him to do? How? I don't even know how long this trip is. Well, he's going to come back in, like, you know, six months, no, eight I months. I think it was supposed to be a year. A year. Comes back in a year and she's like, no, start off, you can't. No. I've moved on. I've got a new boyfriend. He's cast. He's a he's a heartbreaker. <laughs> he's a ladies' man. He's got a dark secret. We haven't worked it out yet. You can't. Sorry, Peter. There's no room for you No anymore. room, no. <laughs> come and come sleep with Rob, Simon. Bobby's um, contract's not up yet. He's still going to be here to the end of the year. That that was a that was a really touching moment, and and I liked how that they kind of carried on straight from there on Wednesdays because we were all waiting to see what this two-hander would be like and the first character on the Wednesday I'm sorry the Tuesday episode was uh, Tracy wasn't with it? Wine, with the wine listening in to Peter like we all were at home scurrying out of the way when they come inside Peter's fuming he says um, Carla wants me gone tomorrow it's a one-way ticket and I'm kind of glad that he had that reaction because it did feel like it was a bit of a Dear John letter that she was well, giving it was him, wasn't it? it was a stupid idea Here's a here's a here's a ticket. You're dumped. So I'm yeah. I'm glad that he didn't go to. Oh no, I can't. Oh, do you think I should? He was human. Because it's stupid. He 
he, I guess he'd been kind of dreaming about going away on a boat and he'd say his life here is just sleepwalking through. But he still clearly deeply loved her. And to have him say, well, basically sod off then, which is what this, this is what this ticket was, to write you's fuming about it. I can, I can see these stories I've seen before where two people love each other, but they just cannot be together. You love them, you let them go. Yeah, there are loads of, there are loads of really good stories like that, but this was not one of them. It just wasn't. So. Is it Casablanca a bit like that? Yeah, but it was during the war. (laughs) (laughs) Don't need to do that these days. They can, they couldn't even text each other about them, and now you can, and you cut off that channel of communication, honestly. Yeah. And it was a love triangle, wasn't it? I I really can't remember. I only watched it a couple of times, but it's very good. But yeah, if they were going for Casablanca... Oh. I haven't seen Casablanca. I have just seen the parody of it on Red Dwarf, but I thought I'd make you watch it. No, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, it's great. I I recommend it. It's one of those little-known gems of of cinematic (laughs) history. (laughs) You're not heard of it. Go and check it out. Right, so they go back to the flat and he's still fuming. He's saying, you, you, you're you using everything I said at the AA meeting against me. And she says, I can see you're unhappy. I can't unhear what you said. And I don't even remember what he said now. I ate I it here. You. I want to leave. He says that Weatherfield and his family are a support group. And she says, well, you said you felt you were sleepwalking through life then. He was just, he was venting. I think everybody I feels a bit fed up with I their say lives stuff sometime all the time. and, and knocked with their jobs. Half and... the things I say, you, you be, wouldn't be buying me a one-way ticket. You'd be stabbing me through the heart. The, the problem is, it's Chris Gascoigne's fantastic acting. And when he was pouring his heart out yeah. in the community centre, Carla's like, what? Carla's like, wow, this is you amazing. Really <laughs> it's my second best favourite AA scene that you've been in. Not <laughs> yeah, as funny it doesn't as the hold other a one. candle to the other one, does it? Um, <laughs> she he uses the phrase X when he starts talking about Carla. She doesn't like it. He goes out to have a vape. Well, yeah, he's basically saying so. I you're you because it's. I, she, she she brings up Leanne and he says, well, I wouldn't talk to her just or you, any of my exes. So yeah. she's like, oh, I'm your um, ex now, am I? Um, yes, you are. You've just done this to yourself. She's like shot herself in her foot and she doesn't understand why she can't finish the marathon. I think if I was Carla's <sighs> mate, I'd I'd be I'd probably be able to say, yeah, you did. Your heart wasn't in the right in the right place, wasn't it, love? And I and I kind of can see how it was. I'd say in a soapy you... sort of way. If this was real life. And I'd I know we can't always use those parameters. Yeah. You, you, you wouldn't, would you? I'd be saying to her, Carla, he's not got a guy working on his on his crew tomorrow, right? So there's a space for him. So do they really need this extra guy that Peter's going to, like this job that he's going to do? Or is it basically a, a nothing job that they've just made up? <laughs> Peter or is the wise man of Weatherfield, isn't is, he? He's probably going to stand on the deck and go, let me tell you a story. Is this crew so terrible that nobody wants to work with them and they literally can't hire anybody to do it? <laughs> why, you do, why don't you just give him the money in an envelope and let him decide? Uh, I, I, I just... I. <sighs> well, she says, look, the flight leaves tomorrow. She's you probably kicking herself go. already, to She's be like, honest. like, this was a dumb idea. <laughs> the cold light of day, she wakes up on, on the 27th of December. I was drunk again. <laughs> So she says, you've got to you've got to talk about this because your flight's going tomorrow. And he says, no, I want to go out. So she lets him. And she says, well, think about 
Think about what you're coming home to when you get back. And then I think it, about, she means, go and have a flashback I sequence. I hated this too. This I didn't cheesy. enjoy that. And I usually don't mind them. Usually I'll put up with a character looks at somewhere longingly and clips from the past play behind them. But the problem with this was, none of them were recognisable clips for me. No. I, can't, I can't name any I of couldn't, them. At least one of them, I wasn't sure who was speaking. I think that was Carla. I think it was she was sounding a bit different in there. Uh, I, I, again, maybe the, the Carla and Peter fans were like, yes, they are the best Carla and Peter moments, but there was literally nothing iconic. But is that, I don't know, if there are any iconic Peter and Carla clips, I will say that they're a proper classic Corrie couple. Um, but yeah, I, it, that didn't really work for me. He stands outside the Rovers and has a look, doesn't he? And it was a lot of it about sort of was moaning about him. Hmm? Yeah. It was a lot about him drinking and like, oh, drink, drink, drink. You always was, turn to... Who was speaking to him in the Rovers? When? When he was on a flashback. No, it was just Carla. It was all, Car- both it was all Carla, Carla clips. Oh, I think so. God. I think it was. I know I should know this. No, well, it's all right. We've only seen it once. Um... Anyway, yeah, it, 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 that... he just goes, I'm going out for a vape. He goes out of his door, he turns right, he walks, he turns right, he stands in the middle of the road, trying to get run over, looks to his left, looks to his right, his voice is in his head and comes back in. Yeah. Is that what they do when they go out to vape? I always wondered. <laughs> so, anyway, he comes back in. Yeah, what's inside that vape? Maybe it's one of uh, Stephen's LSD specials. Yeah, probably. Um... <laughs> He heads back in. She's watching Love Actually, wondering why her dad's in it. <laughs> She's in a fetal position. Hang on a minute, that deputy prime minister, I recognise him from somewhere. Well, she must have only just started it as well, so she's like, well, I thought you'd be longer, actually. I thought you'd be <coughs> a proper thing. <coughs> I like how he comes in and she's there on the sofa and he's like, let me guess, Love Actually. Literally, the TV is right in front of you, Peter. Surely yeah. you know. She's only just got past the airport scene at the beginning, Peter. <laughs> So she, so um, he says. She comes and she, she pats her, she pats yeah. the sofa, and he comes and joins her for a snuggle. I'm not my dad. I've travelled the world and I've already seen everything. I'm I'm not scared of leaving. I want to stay because of what we've got. I'm sorry, I'm not sounding convinced here. I'm not meaning to make fun of this. <laughs> um, they snuggle up together, and he talks about how much he's loved seeing her grow and get more comfortable. With her own skin. I also just want to point out here that if he actually loves her, he shouldn't leave her either because she's just gone through another mental health crisis and questioning herself and a, and a trouble at her job. Why is he leaving her too? She's just as vulnerable as he is in many ways. Well, he's, he knows that Stephen is now dead, so Carla's... Well, um, she's got her money back now. What else does she want? She's buying plane she, tickets. She hasn't got the money back. Well, Daisy no, she got, she got the, um, the contract. Oh, yeah. Everyone's... i tell you what, a lot is riding on this contract. People stealing stuff, going on round-the-world trips, telling everybody their job's safe for the rest of their lives. <laughs> I hope this contract doesn't fall through, but I don't have a lot of faith in them. <laughs> anyway, how can I sail away from this? And Carla tells him that the thought of him is... break Of losing him is breaking her heart. And then they shag, and we have to go away for a minute because we can't watch. <laughs> a bit that. of Vaseline on the screen while that happens. I didn't like that either. What are they doing? <laughs> and that then for? Chesney and Todd walk in and go, "Oh, not again!" <laughs> He's got Santa out and his todger. <laughs> okay, so they they shag and then they put their clothes back on, and then Peter says, "Why don't you come with me?" And she says, "I can't. I'm rooted here. We'd end up resenting each other." Oh, this doesn't make any sense. Carla says. Um, I can see there's nothing here that's keeping you afloat. And he says, yeah, but you do. 
And she keeps saying, no, sail away, fresh view every day, waking up with nothing to fear but the forecast and maybe your liver getting rejected because you've run out of pills. <laughs> he tries to tell her that he's got Ken and Simon to think of. And she says, they would tell you to go for it, especially Ken. And he says, what, why don't we delay the flight so I can say goodbye? And she says, no, it would just give you a chance to lose your nerve. And she gives him the ticket and she presses it against his chest and they both cry. And then he nods and he gets up because he's going to do it. And then we have another... It doesn't take much convincing, does it? Over the course of a scene. This does... This is silly. This is why it's silly. Um, Next scene, he's packing his things on the kitchen table and she comes in with a takeaway saying, so this is it, the last... He says, this is it, the last supper. And she says, don't poke the bruise. Sorry, you hit yourself and now you're blaming me for the bruise. <laughs> Stop hitting yourself, Carla. Stop poking Stop your own yourself. bruise. Stop well, hitting yourself. You dumb woman. <laughs> they sit down. The conversation turns to how they're going to communicate. They decide, no, don't worry about it. We can't be bothered with that. It's too confusing. It's going to be poking the bruise too, they say. Um, kick away the crutch and make a clean break of it. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Next morning, the Barlows and the Batsby's have gathered outside the flat. Tell you what, if you wanted... What day is this? This is Boxing Day. Do not get me up on Boxing Day morning to say goodbye to you for your crackpot idea that going on a round-the-world cruise is going to stop you drinking. <laughs> Nobody in the world has ever gone on a cruise to stop drinking. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like, hooray, Peter, hooray, you're going. And they say goodbye everybody to everybody individually. Bertie's like, I'm sorry, I've forgotten who you are. Toya's, Toya says, may the road rise up to meet you. She doesn't understand boats. <laughs> <laughs> she tried. May you run aground. <laughs> she tried her best. There's, there's not, it's not like there aren't any wise nautical terms she could have quickly Googled, but I guess she didn't get very much notice. Leanne's very wistful and she just kind of says, look after yourself. So the, the, you know, the collection of shaggers goes and leaves the family there. Amy looks like she's fighting back tears, just confused. Everyone's going, I don't get what's happening. Tracy says, I hate you, do you know that? And he says, I hate you more, and they have a hug. They're all crying. They're all doing a great job. They're all I thought performing this scene really, was really well. Nicely done. Everybody. When... Leanne, Toya, everybody. Yeah, they, they, every single one in that scene, they were brilliant. Like, I, I, th- I, spect- I think that Jane Danson, the look yeah, that she gave she in that really scene, yeah. it was just a split second of something, just kind of a, a knowing, you know, I see you <laughs> sort of connection that the, the pair of them have once had was really lovely. Amy, yeah, she was. She, you're right. She was, she was almost... She was, crying there Tracy's line of saying oh yeah I hate you do you know and she she her face was creasing up her yeah. brother who I know that he's not always been here the way that the the, the publicity of, of Chris Gascoigne's leaving is like he's been on the show for 23 years he's not he's had it's been at least two stints n- not away. short stints away from Coronation Street before yeah but, and obviously Tracy has had her time away as well inside but these two have got a real special bond. And I think, you know, it doesn't... I know Tracy has softened over the years, but she's still got a, a heart of stone. It's just not the rock-hard stone. It's maybe pumice at the moment. <laughs> and and that was that was melting a little bit there. So I, I really appreciated that. And she's also, of course, going through some really tough times in her own well, marriage, probably... we're led to believe at the moment, with Steve. So she kind of needs somebody as a support and, and now he's sailing off well this is where I got confused because later on well in the story Tracy and Steve started talking about gap year yeah that's and I got confused and thought that that's what P- 
Peter was doing. Well, he is in a way. Yeah, exactly. That's what his story should have been. And then they could have come up with some cock and ball story about why he's not coming back. <laughs> and Ken's, Ken's just Ken. I love you, Peter, and I'm proud of you. So go open your heart and go do what I never did. He's done it already, Ken. He's been there and come back. He's going off again. His heart should not be open. He's already got a girlfriend. Just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Carla walks up the street in a horrible coat towards the tram station. She wears white. I didn't like it. I thought it was horrible. It's pure. It was all satiny and... She's letting him go. It looked like, like a little angel. Flap, flap, flap. They, they tell each other they love them, but this is the right thing to do. After a final kiss, she swishes herself back around down Victoria Street. And then he, he puts his headphones in and goes in. I think she turns around and he's gone. Yeah. Oh, what have I done? Do you, I can't remember. She's forgotten the, about it by the next episode, literally. She's like, mentions it once and she's totally over it. Yeah. It's well, maddening. It, it, it did, a lot of people have said that Bobby turning up on her doorstep the very next episode was a little bit too soon and we didn't get enough chance it to was, see it sinking in. And Yes, it's plausible deniability for why they're not having Carla moping around everywhere, but really they should have given this some time. I, I kind of get the justification of, and, you know, what great TV this is going to be because no sooner has, has Peter left Carla's life and another problem lands on her doorstep oh, but, oh, I... whoops yeah. that's what I'm saying cut to him actually sitting in the tram in yeah, the tram station get to see it Weatherfield it's... North apparently mm. <laughs> Cornbrook and he drives off going oh, oh, great I've got all rid of her and she thought it was her idea <laughs> sucker what did, you, what did you think of um, using that tram stop I liked it yeah, yeah. is that going to be the canonical because we I think we have had the tram that we've had the tram stop in the show before. I don't think we, yes, we have. have. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. I know they've had Not a tram, tram stop. Yeah, that's what I mean. We've seen the fake. We've seen whatever tram Weatherfield. Yeah, we've seen. I don't, I don't know what yes, we, we have. have. I know there was an episode there where there was a scene where people where, were running around. Emma her. and Amy were at a tram stop. I'm not sure whether that was supposed I to be. I think Nick was there. What do you reckon? Oh, I can't remember. I, I forget. I'm but... almost 100 percent sure we've seen a, a scene. From the tram stop, that's supposed to be that one. I when I unfortunately this was one that was leaked back in what was it late was October? It? I think they filmed I this, seen this. And, I, and it was like Chris Gascoigne films is leaving scene, so I knew that it was coming up to this. Um, so I was, you know, I, I love a location shoot, and I was looking forward to this, but it, I hated I, it. I only didn't love this one as much as I thought I might do, is because when I was watching it, I was thinking. That's Cornbrook Station. We've literally driven into that, that ourselves already. No, it is. It was. Is we it? we have definitely driven. Well, not we. We've been in a passenger too, too in there that. before, and so to to try and think that's where the field. I thought I, I I couldn't, but it was it was a it was a nice. You know, it was better than the back of a taxi, wasn't it? You we, we got to give him that. And he had his music on. I don't know what the music was. I know I've seen. Have you have you seen people tweeting about it? No. I I think it's some artist. It's always that is something I've never well heard known of. <laughs> that we've never heard of. Like some that what's that you know, woman Kylie Minogue? She does. <laughs> Few, it's like the Casablanca of current music. Yeah, sorry, not, I don't but, know. But um, no, it was uh, it it was it was all right. It, it was all right, darling. Um, but anyway, forget about all that sentiment because there's no time for it. Don't Wednesday, think about it. Wednesday. This is what they've done. They're like his don't replacement think, rock up. Don't think about it because it doesn't make sense. On Wednesday, Simon comes in, going, "Oh, I lost my phone. Now I've got it, and nobody finds all these messages. Like, where's my dad gone?" And he's like, "Oh, that's annoying." This is also stupid. Why would he just leave his son 
on a whim. Why would you ever do this? Well, Carla to had. Your child? I'm just being kind of devil's advocate, I suppose. And Carla had said that I don't want you to say goodbye to these other people because they'll just give you a chance to convince they'll yourself. They'll make you realise this go. is stupid. And they didn't, but I think possibly Simon would. Can you imagine stupid. Simon standing there outside the flat going, Good luck, Dad. You've been a pretty rubbish. Peter has been a fairly terrible dad to Simon, Simon doesn't need for him. many years. Um, but I, I the, think Simon would have shouldn't... had a bit of a cry and he would have tugged at yeah. those heartstrings. So that's why I think we didn't get the goodbye to him. Well, and also it's going to be building up some kind of resentment in Simon's whatever. brain. It's just dumb. The, lo- the logic here as well, like, oh, you've got to get... You have to be there. You have to go on the first... On the, You have to be there at the first point of the trip. Sorry, is this, did you say this was a round-the-world trip? So are we going around the world and not stopping anywhere? Are, you, are there going to be lots of stops? <laughs> because if there are lots of stops, I'll just get the next one. I think that the most unrealistic part of all of this is that Simon, a, how old is he? 19, 20-year-old guy, could go two days without his phone. I know. He said he, said well, he lost his phone. They're building At least it, it up, wasn't, uh, I've lost my charger because fairly oh, yeah. universal now. That's, the, that's what the EU have said. But, um, yeah, it didn't quite work. But anyway, now he knows and he's not happy. He's kind of mad, isn't he? Well, I would be mad about it too. And he's even madder when he finds out Carla's bought him the ticket. Yeah. And Carla's like, oh, it made made sense if you watched the episode. Don't watch the episode. Don't watch the episode, no. <laughs> But believe me, it makes Honestly, total, total sense. Don't think about it too much. Carla's in the cafe with Ken later. He says, oh, Peter's doing fine. He's off to Cape Horn. I bet he is. <laughs> Roy has to have it spelled out to him that Peter's gone without her and she flounces off to the factory and then she gets mad with Sean and Izzy uh, about this trip because they're asking him. I suppose it makes sense for Carla's character that rather than sit and wallow about it, she'll just do work to to take her mind off it because I think she doesn't like feeling things and she doesn't yeah, like seen just... as being weak and having emotions and being the, the woman That's who's... not the bit that doesn't make sense. No. She goes home to work from home. Um, because she Sean and Izzy are just going, yeah. And then she bumps into this guy in a walking frame on the way. She's like, get out of the way. I hope I never get have to have away, a scene with you, you again. bastard. <laughs> and then he ends up being her long lost nephew. Of course he does. She thinks he's the delivery man, but he's not. <laughs> right. Let's, we haven't, we've managed to get quite a long way into this episode. We, we've been sort of giving our opinions out of order for everything else. And I, I think before we go any further, we need to um, let, let our good listeners know about our, our first impressions of uh, Bobby. So, um, you first, Gemma. No, I'm, <laughs> hang on, no. Listen, I am rooting for this guy I'm so re- hard. So am I, I've never really wanted somebody to do better on this show jack carroll yes and that's jack a nice carroll. christmasy name isn't it yeah um he is a he started off as a comedian on britain's got talent he I was think. like a young he was what 12 13 14 or so on britain's got talent he was like a little precocious teenager i who, don't know um, who he is from I, anything I, I i think i've seen clips of him i don't know when we stopped watching britain's got talent but we watched it for the first few years at least fairly religiously and then it's just kind of got a bit repetitive didn't it but we weren't watching it when he was on but i'd seen him we've also seen him in um the the film um is it called walking with lions it was the one that Haley tamadon uh tamadon sorry i know i pronounced that wrong was in that we watched a few years ago and um i think there's been various other shows that he's been in um that i i, I 
I was, like you said, really, really rooting for him. Um, but I'm, I'm struggling. I'm really, really struggling. And I, but, but I, I don't know if it's his fault at the moment. He's getting an awful lot of hate online, but there are also people that are thinking he's absolutely brilliant. We've had people on our Facebook group. I've seen lots of people on Twitter. I've seen people on the Cory subreddit saying that he's amazing. But it feels like the scales are tipping towards this guy's really, really irritating. You can't really judge anybody on their first like month, I'm going to say. Um, if they're being brought in as a, as a regular... Um, he has cerebral palsy and I think that that is generating a lot of discussion because I always feel like you get thrown to the wolves if you're representing a group of people um, the same way that all the Baileys have to deal with racism. He's having to deal with um, discrimination against disabled people. People saying he's only there because he's filling a quota, etc, etc. That's it's, maddening. It's really bad that that in this it. day and age. And you're right, it was just the same as the Baileys. People saying, oh, oh they're well, a black family, know, are they? No. Well, and then, let's see if they fit in here. And, and, and You then have to fight against that. Yeah. That's not fair on anybody. Um, I think the biggest, his biggest stumbling block, though, is that he's being sold to us as, hey, everybody, he's a funny character. And it's just oh. every line is, is funny at the moment. That, that, that they're trying to make it that and that's that's the yeah. difficulty that I have with him because honestly he did have some funny lines I quite liked his one who where he says oh I'm not from Deliveroo I'm from Deliverelli except we deliver long lost relatives I was like oh that's that's okay and if that had been it or maybe that would have let him take a breath before he rolled off his next barrage of one-liners Maybe it would have been less annoying, but it felt like, and um, it yeah. felt like the script was every single sentence this guy has to say it's has funny. to be funny. Yeah, this is this is the problem. He's not actually a person yet. He's just a walking punch. He's a punch walking punchline machine, isn't he? He's a walking gag ma- machine. He hasn't said anything really about who he is as a person, apart from I'm the funny one. He, I'm quirky because I've got a trumpet. Yeah. Like, that uh, just seems really annoying. But but I kind of watching today's episode and Carla's reaction to him, particularly when he takes the trumpet, is... Because she's finding him annoying. Are we supposed to find him annoying? And is his character going to, you know, is, is something tragic going to happen to him where, like, our hearts break for him and go, oh, Bobby, we forgive you for being annoyed at you for your first couple of hours. I, d- I don't know. It, it would only make... Yeah, I would hope that at some point he's going to crack and say, um, this is a front. I'm just yeah. trying to... But it's not apparent yet. It's really, really not. And there's been no hint that it's just a front. He's... I hope he's not on you know, at everybody's comments. Yeah, well, he probably has. and But th- th- some, some people are really loving him, but you, you can't write a character who just spouts gag after gag after gag. Yeah, and it's not... They're not... And, and, and they're not all funny. That it's not Cory Humor either. Cory Humor is in quips, put downs, and banter. Mm. Not just somebody going, here's a bunch of jokes. It was like they were writing Jack Carroll's stand up routine yeah. for him. They might have done better if they'd say, Jack, do you want to write your own verse? And he's also scene? not writing it, is he? That's the thing. I don't imagine that he's writing his own lines. Well, no, but he's of supposed he's to be not. a comedian. So he's obviously funny. He can write his own lines and probably deliver them better if they, they're from his sense of humour, mm. not just a, a character he that just, he's playing. He, he felt very fake 
and nobody speaks like that. Mm, yeah. Nobody talks where every line is like, ha, ha, ha. I know he was, you could say, well, he's you know trying to ingratiate himself to Carla. He's, he's a little though. bit nervous. He's landed herself on her and he's trying to say, hey, I'm a nice guy. Take me in. I've got nowhere else to go. I've been kicked out by, by me mum. The, the other thing about him being annoying is one of the reasons he says that his mum kicked him out, not because of the big C, of cancer, which I think that that line didn't go very down very well with some people. That he's just talking about what was it, Big Colin? But it seems like he's been kicked out by his mum and Colin because he's really annoying. So I think he's supposed to be annoying, but they they need to hurry up and show us why he's not. Yep. <laughs> and, and believe me, I really want him to do well. I I don't know whether now is the time already to bring in another character. Literally, the the door's still swinging from when Peter left it, and in he comes. Um, there's already we've talked many times before about there being too much of too big a cast on Coronation Street. Yes. Yet another long lost relative. It's been barely six months since Cassie showed up on the street saying, "Hey, look at me! I'm your yeah, mum from the past." We don't need another long lost relative. We don't need another character. Um, it, it remains to be seen how this will benefit well, the Carla a lot of, dynamic of the show. There's a lot of um, expectation on his shoulders here. I just hope he's okay with everything. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's not really an audience's job to make somebody, you know, to kind of, You know what I mean? Like, we shouldn't, shouldn't be feeling guilty about having an opinion about something. No, and and I and like I, you have to win me over. I'm not. I, you don't get my goodwill automatically ev- all the time for everything, no matter what. And people trying too hard, and that's what this came across as to me: trying too hard yeah. to make us like him because oh ho ho, isn't he funny? That's the worst way of doing it. And he's They're... also really arrogant and annoying and presumptuous, and like oh, yeah. I don't like that at all. Yeah, saying well, of course I can come and live with you, and I I can't. I kind of like how he's playing on his disability a little bit. There's bits of him that I like, like when Carla was trying to make him do the washing up and he was like, oh, I'm more of a see what I can do sitting down kind of guy. Then she walks off and he's like, sucker, kind of. I I kind of find that a bit funny. I do as well, but I'm going to say that there's a lot of that in, in comedy with disabled people. A lot of the time they make themselves the butt of the jokes and it's funny, but it's also not, it must be dispiriting to be the punchline when you're watching it as somebody who's disabled. It's okay to make fun of yourself, but you're not just yourself, are you? He's on television representing everybody. And I just think that there are lots and lots of jokes around that kind of thing. And maybe he could just be... you know. Am I yeah, no, I get, I get it. But like I, it, I think lots of Jack Carroll's person. stand-up routines do poke fun at himself. So I think that's okay. within character for for the actor, at least. Um, but yeah, the, Well, it's, you know, I'm not one to tell... Mm. You know, it's not down to me you, to say. But you I'm said just... at the beginning of this that it's difficult to... You can't always judge people on their first month or whatever yeah, on I don't the show. There are some characters who straight away you can tell they've got something. And to be fair, there aren't many Cory characters over the years, or especially over the time that we've done the podcast, that we can say that to. Sam, 
soon as the very second that Sam Blakeman joined that Coronation Street cast and his scene where he came in, me and you were like, this kid is absolutely bloody brilliant. Yep. Keep him forever. Abby Webster, I w- well, yep. Franklin as she was back then, straight away I knew we have got something special here. But even characters like Evelyn, for the like, who we absolutely adore now, she wasn't she wasn't the best in that first she scene where Tyrone and Fizz went to visit her. She was a bit nasty. So you're absolutely right. You a can't long time to yeah, get. So, sometimes with you can strike gold right from the very beginning, but it's not it's not hitting me. No, and, and sometimes you can have a character that joins and you're kind of not fairly nonplussed towards them until they get something juicy to 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 sink their teeth into. But I suppose um, this is also a bit comparable to, to Glenda, maybe, when she came in, was it last year? And she was she took over the funeral that George couldn't do and she was very big and brash and in your face right from the beginning. And I think we kind of like that. Yeah. But that must not- have really rubbed some people at the wrong way as well. And oh. she has been toned down a little bit now. But th- this is the thing. I think when you introduce a character, you kind of want to show and this is who they are. And you almost go too far with it because you, you, you've got to let your audience know what you're letting yourself in for for this character. But it is very, very early days and I am more than willing to give him a chance and I a chance and a chance. Well. Yeah. I really, really, really want him to do well. But lay off the constant one-liners, please, script writers, because it's not going to work for me. It doesn't work for any character. It's never worked like that on Corey. You get back and forth. He's got to be put in his place at some point um, and that will make us like him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about other comedy characters over the year, I mean, I'm immediately drawn to the likes of um, Archie Shuttleworth, for example. And he wasn't... And he's he's a... Roy Hudd was a stand-up comedian, wasn't he? Did Archie Shuttleworth get gag after gag after gag? No, he was just a nice, jovial man who had his... Five foot eight, I'm not wrong, is the one thing that he would say that was the gag. It wasn't every single line. and oh, I Yeah, good. well, I mean, Roy had a lot more experience under his belt. This is true. This, this guy is, is very young. Yes, and he's not he's not done lots and lots of acting as well. Some people are saying online, he's not an actor, he's a stand-up comic, and I will defend him and say, no, he has done acting as well. And I've seen some interviews with him recently where he said, well, to me, writing comedy, performing stand-up comedy, acting, it's all kind of all the same to me. It all feels like I'm flexing that same muscle with each of them. Great. I, 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 to, to me, wow. he is an actor. Um but yeah, he yeah, obviously compared There's to so Roy much Hunt, more he pressure doesn't. on him than almost anybody else I've seen come into the show. There really, really is, and it, I don't. It, it almost strikes me as unfair how much pressure's on him here, because he's got so much against him, so much conversation going on. There's also the arguments about oh, if you don't like him, it's because you hate disabled people, and then that sparks a whole load of extra drama and, and conversation. So well, yeah, it's like you know, if people are down on Alex in the cafe, you can you're allowed to say things that you don't really like Alex without being told, oh, you don't well, like disabled. You're just saying that because he's got Down syndrome. So far, it's just been a bit of a shaky start, which is not. I mean, remember what new Todd was like? I cried. Oh, I cried gosh, on this podcast yeah. about how much I missed old Todd. Yeah. I? And um, yeah, now I love well, him. Gareth Pierce did not have the strongest of starts. No. And he, he similarly had huge weight of expectation and on him when it, he came in, he didn't he? He was given a slapstick, comedic-y, stupid storyline and silly 
silly bits and bobs to do, wasn't it? Yeah, he? with uh, with Gay Mick the Gangster, remember him? It was nonsense. We'd built Dee Dee up to... to <laughs> huge, Dee Dee worked out hugely, fine. Hugely, hadn't yeah. we? She did work out fine in the end, but I think we'd built her up to being this, she's going to come in and she's going to slay him, she's going to be the queen of the cobbles. And then she came in, she was just like, oh, she, she's all Hello, right, she's, she's okay, I'm going to defend James at the football stadium. But it, it's taken... I, I think Dee Dee's great now, but I think... I'd, I'd raise my expectations so high for her. And, and uh, I don't know whether people had massively high expectations for Jack Carroll coming into it, but I think when you cast a known name, and he is, then that means a little bit more. If you've got um, when Tony Maudsley joined, when Jodie Prenger joined, when Claire Sweeney joined, when Maureen Lippman joined, these big names who are people have already got these preconceptions about, you're going to say, well, you, you, you better impress me to show me that you fit in at Coronation Street. Sometimes it doesn't work, <clears throat> Michelle Collins, but other times it does. And uh, let's let's wait and see, shall we? Should we go back to the synopsis and say what Bobby's been getting up to? He's Rob's son and he's called Bobby and he... Rob phones up, doesn't he? Well, yeah, just as they're talking about him... Yeah. Rob happens to well, have a case of the Carl, old burning ears syndrome. Carl's like, I've never heard of you. How can you be Rob's son? And he says, well, Rob's only just found out I exist because my mum sent me off to him after the big C, which is Colin. And <sighs> Rob's trying to phone him, phone her up. And she tells him, this is better be good. I would love to hear this conversation. Whatever it was, it was much more convincing than whatever Peter and Carla said last episode. Because she comes back in the bedroom. Would have wouldn't wouldn't have gone amiss to have a nice little uh, Christmas cameo from Mark Bayless there. Well, can't afford him. <laughs> comes back from the bedrooms and she's mad at Bobby because it turns out there's actually nothing wrong with his mum. And Big Colin is horrible, and she he says that um, he's been chucked out because he's got cerebral palsy, and he's. She got he got slapped out of his walking frame. <laughs> so, I, when I was writing the notes for this scene, it was really difficult because I was trying to avoid the jokes, so I wasn't just writing down every gag that he said and trying to get down what happened. So he basically insinuates that his mum died of cancer. Yeah. And then when Carla comes back off the phone off Rob, she's like, "Your mum didn't have cancer." And he's like, "I never said she did." Well, you said that she had the big C. Oh yeah, big Colin. So, sorry. You were clearly trying to make out that your mum had cancer. But anyway, apparently Big Collins, a nasty piece of work. Don't know whether he's, he's uh, mates with Big Garth. Um, but he's... I just he's... said all this. Did you say Big Garth? No, I didn't say Big Garth. No, I'm explaining to you because you were reading the notes going, what the hell was this? No, I I'm just saying. This. Big Collins slapped, slapped uh, Robbie out of his... Bobby, sorry, out of his walking frame. Well, yeah. Because I mean, he's, he's an ass. He slapped her out of her, his walking frame. So oh, yeah. How am I supposed to follow sense, it? does it? He said, please let me stay. And she's like, you can't stay because I'm not taking new bedfellows. <laughs> there's not... Just because one man's left doesn't mean there's a spare place. And he's like, oh, I've got a cousin. Simon. And then he's... She says that sometimes Cut Simon lives here as well. Occasionally, oh, great. I've got a he's apparently got another flat with different separate mates, but sometimes he for some reason he there. likes to stay with his aunt well, because if he wouldn't be that pleased when he actually meets Simon. He gives him a high five. He's chuffed. Yeah, because he doesn't know him. <laughs> so he please, please, please. Carla goes to the cafe and tells Roy about Bobby, and he says, "Look how great it's been taking Nina in. Maybe more Bobby's got a permanent contract. Have you asked him how long his contract's for?" <laughs> 
She goes back to the flat and she's like, how long is your contract? And he says, oh, at least a year. Roy's like, when Nina came in, it was a bit weird that she was a goth, but she had a really big storyline coming up. So you never yeah. know. Ask him what his storylines are for the is next Is he going to be the biggest shoes storyline of 2024 or 2025? You might, so you might be a bit of a keeper, Carly. Exactly. You might get on the front of some more TV guides again. That's what I'm saying. So he says, he's, he gets, she gets back home and he's eating her dinner. And she, he says, she says, you can stay, but you need to make yourself useful. And this is when he makes the joke about he can't do the washing up because he's disabled. <laughs> uh, I would kick him out for eating my food. Also, what washing up is there to do? It's takeaway, Carla, calm down. On Friday, Bobby's not happy because Carla hasn't got, what did he say? Exploding rice balls of pain or whatever he wanted. <laughs> I don't know. Some sort of chocolate Some sort cereal. of really specific thing that surely doesn't actually exist. Mm. And he and then he gets and then all his stuff arrives, including a trumpet because he's quirky and fun, just like Ken was back in the day. <sighs> Isn't that just the symbol of like annoying characters that aren't funny? Well, that's why I'm thinking trumpet. he's supposed to be annoying because they've given him a really sorry to any trumpet. I was going to say sorry there. to trumpet people, but half of you only d- d- started it because it was annoying, right? <laughs> Come on. Anyway, the flat's full of stuff later. Simon comes home and realises there's no nowhere for him to stay. And Bobby's playing up the fact he's got cerebral palsy and he's having all these twinges and he can't possibly stay on the sofa any longer. So Simon says, I'm going to go and stay with my mum, Leanne. Not Lucy. Really? No, she's dead. <laughs> can I just go and have a kip at the graveyard in Australia? Then Carla gives Bobby money for fish and chips so she can talk to Simon. <coughs> he just goes off to the, put, to the chariot square and drinks it all away. Anyway, Simon's like... What a cheeky chap That's he it, is. really, isn't it? Well, he's also there um, chatting up Debbie, isn't he? And mm. she's she's um, humouring him. Not not much there to endear me. That it, to me. It's, that, that, it, they're just, like, he's just in every way he's just pushing people's buttons. Is he supposed to be sort of charismatic and cheeky? Because at the moment he's just annoying. Mm. But I am going to wipe everything clean... Once they get to the groove of this character, this week will have never happened mm. in your mind. You'll forget this. This is how there's so many bad entrances to characters. And I'm just chalking this down to that. I'm just, but the thing is, some people really liked it, so it's not that bad, is it? No, no, some people loved it. Um, I, I wonder how, you know, what it will mean for the character of Carla, because for the last few years, so much of what Carla has been about has been her relationship with Peter and with him now clearly gone would the character of Carla have been left floundering and and th- this is it well, she now. shouldn't have been because she is a, a owner of one of the biggest businesses on the street so the the fact that it feels to me like they're going oh crap she didn't have a she didn't have a mum she didn't have a, a kid so just make her a mum of this this you know even though obviously she's not She's it's his nep- her nephew. It just feels like that. Oh God, give her a son. Yeah, um, I suppose it's a bit like Nick. I get. I just keep thinking of other long lost relatives that have appeared. Sam has appeared, and there was there was another one that was yeah Nina. It's it's happening a little bit too often. It feels somewhat unrealistic, one might say. But I I guess it's kind of. It could be an interesting sort of chalk and cheese, odd couple kind of relationship because Carla is so not the sort... Bobby is so not the sort of person that Carla has got any time for. She does not suffer fools gladly. 
I don't want Carlos to turn into the straight man for a bunch of jokes. Well, that's what, yeah, what, that's what she seems to be lining up to be, possibly. That's not her role on this programme. Are they, I, I'm, I'm worried to even say this in case it manifests itself. Are they just getting ready to give her a lobotomy like every single older middle-aged woman on the street? Once you get to a certain age, they just turn you into a simpering idiot. Mm. Who becomes in service of the of your family or friends or your or your workplace? I t- I hope not, and um, I don't it certainly that hadn't happen. happened. It hadn't happened to Peter as well. That's one of the reasons what? why I say it hadn't happened to Peter as well. And that was one of the re- he hadn't been turned into a lobotomized idiot. Yeah, but it's mostly the, the women it happens. It to. does mostly happen to the women, but that's one of the reasons that I'm sad to get rid of him because with Peter we had a real solid reliable, decent chap who could do drama very, very well. And yes, maybe his character had been drifting a little bit. For for a long time, his story had been the story of a recovering alcoholic. And last year, when it kind of reached its climax with the transplant, and he was told, you can never drink again, do you think that he... Has he left because... What else can you do with my character now? Because they, they couldn't make him drink again, could they? No. Are you going to miss him? Well, he's a massively popular character and a really important part of the show, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, yeah, he, he really is. Um, it's massive fan base, um, pivotal for many, many storylines. Yeah, not, not as I say, not so much in recent times. But we can say that about practically everyone except for about five people every year. That this is true. Um, I, I think. He, he's the sort of character that if he went away from it for a while, and he has had periods where he's been very, very quiet, you're not necessarily thinking, where's Peter, where's Peter? But when he is in it, some of his the, some of the scenes that he did, was it last year or the year before? Like, do you remember when he was dosing himself up mm. with whiskey and he was shaking and he was having yep. those convulsions on the floor? He was so, so good there. That was some of the most gripped that I'd been in Curry in a scene that wasn't a, you know, here's a stunt sort of thing. Um, so I think yeah, very fantastic they, they've actor. lost a real, real talent there. And I hope that it's not the Forever. end for him. Uh, maybe it will be. I guess we will just have to wait and see. Um, so right we... in with your um, thoughts Yes, about we need to do an updated Peter. character profile of Peter. Because the last time that we did him, I think, was episode 80 or something around then. So it was about 10 years ago, nearly, that we profiled him last. So no doubt we'll, uh, we'll do an updated one in the coming weeks. But we've got other things to do before then. So um, still plenty of time to get your own thoughts in as well. Um, okay, Baileys then, Gemma. Are you ready for this? Bring out the Baileys for Christmas, exactly. that's what I say. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Everybody likes a big totter of Baileys, <laughs> don't they? Give me a glass of substance, break them out. Well, this is this is a bit of Baileys and a little bit of wine as well, wasn't it? Like, oh, why was me? You I've can't got no mix money. Baileys and wine together, <laughs> you crazy son of a gun. Right. Okay. So we only got to see a little bit of this on Monday when they're opening their very meagre uh, present selection, oh, and Ed's Joel. there going, "Oh, look at this! It's my watch. How amazing!" Joel, bread sauce. You shouldn't have. <laughs> I told you not to. Ed Ed is feeling massively guilty because he's obviously been responsible for nobody else having a present and he's got a watch inscribed with for the world's best dad our hero never do that no and then they go along to the bistro to have I a, didn't get a, this. the leftovers I know did he just did nobody just buy any food well that didn't well because he was given the but they, food. Yeah, but they're planning to just have a turkey yeah because like <laughs> he was told to go and buy 
to Turkey and he got given like £125. Mm. And if he listened to the podcast, he'd know you don't need that much money. But what did what did happen? <coughs> they just didn't... They got to Christmas Day and they all just weren't going to have any food until Ali attacks them. Yeah. I think that Ed must have pawned his potatoes as well. I know. Do you, do you think that's what happened? It and what did you get for a bag of Maris Pipers down Bargainanza? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all weren't... I mean, I wasn't paying attention, you guys know. But if you weren't paying attention, you might have insinuated from this that they also had their Christmas dinner stolen, which is actually a very comical image. <laughs> Just imagine, what's this guy's Follow name? the trail of peas. What, Tony? Tony. Tony's wife going, open it going, I told you I wanted a hairdryer. This is a turkey. <laughs> anyway, <coughs> so Wednesday comes along and um, Ed's not even wearing the watch because he feels so guilty about having it. And um, he, he says, look, you should just give your money back and buy Glory a present. We Michael can't, says, no. Because it's you, been what? engraved, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, so it's too late now. You can Mind you, we it. didn't actually put your name on it. We just said to our the world's best dad. So actually, it could be any man with there children. Are, so They're many all the world's dads. best dads, aren't they? Yeah, go and give it to Peter Barlow. But yeah. it's too late to give it to him anyway now. Um, anyway, then Craig comes round. And, uh, you know, Craig is Weatherfield's best coffer. He's come to talk about the... Burglary, not the burglary, just the burglary. You're not a police officer, Gemma. It, you're perfectly allowed to say burglary Burgle. instead of burglary. Burglary. But if your if your job is to uphold the law, burglary. then you've got to kind of you've got to pronounce things correctly. I wonder if I've been saying it wrong this whole time. If you've been arrested for burglary, are you allowed to is get off like, on the technicality? <laughs> yeah, say, oh, like, well, your honour, this crime doesn't exist. I was charged with burglary, and that doesn't that oh. doesn't exist, your honour. And then the, and then the judge says. I'll let him off. Bang, bang. I shouldn't even have this gavel, to be honest. (coughs) But they gave it to me. (laughs) Anyway, um, Craig, um, surprise, surprise, has um, been able to find no clues, um, apart from the fact that the only prints around were his mate Tony's. Of course, it couldn't be him, could it? Um, No other leads, no other witnesses. Nothing else we can do. Sorry, it's Christmas. That's the most realistic thing that's ever happened in the show. <laughs> and the Ed's, police say we don't care. And Ed, <laughs> when the field police are just useless, Amy was Old probably there out standing inside the door saying, you can't do anything. They don't have, they don't have the budget. Oh, you can't surprise, you can't even solve men's problems. I thought oh. it was just women's crimes that you couldn't oh, solve. Oh, is it because it was a girl's toy that they stole? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, solidarity with glory, says Amy. Let's go and spike some let's men. Go, let's go and throw a... a throw a Wendy house at a man no listen they don't have the budget to do anything just like teachers don't have the budget and the NHS doesn't have the budget they don't have they don't have the money or the people to do any of this they're like well maybe you shouldn't have left maybe you shouldn't have left your presents under the tree did you think of that yeah, if you left them unattended, they should yeah. have been chained. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so Joel comes to see how Ed's doing the yard later, and he's worried that all of this might refuel his gambling addiction, because don't forget, everybody, Joel knows that Ed's a massive gambler. And Ed's like, no, I'm fine. Just Joel says, well, luckily for you, I've got a rich mate. Probably I should have mentioned this earlier, but I do know somebody down south who's looking for a good builder to do a job. Have this one on me, Ed. And he's like, thank you very much. What's um, going to happen with that, then? <laughs> Who knows? I, I well, we'll see. Joel, he, yeah. Don't know the the more him. I see of Joel, he's still very bland. Bread sauce. But he's uh, um, he's, calling bread sauce he's got real. a bit of spice to his bread sauce. He's, he's got a bit of getting, nutmeg in there. He he yeah, has. Just we saw that. at the end of this scene. Yeah, mm. it's, um, yeah. It's gonna be holiday, It's gonna be um, 
Yeah, Holland Days before you know. Is that a spicy? No. No. What am I thinking? Holland Days? No, that's totally different. I, I, I Red can't. sauce and Holland Days. I can't make I would, culinary if jokes. If I made I know you about it. Eggs Benedict with breads or... God, that makes me feel sick <laughs> to even contemplate that. Or, or okay. imagine lumpy bits of... Uh, with a poached egg uh, mixing together. Um, Ugh. At the factory. Now, we thought it might take a little bit of time before this happens, but Sean and Izzy have already been able to track down this stolen Wendy house they online. They, did they even... No, they didn't. What? They just bought it. No, they, they just found it online. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. They said they found it on a pawn shop's website. Yes, but they weren't trying to buy the same one. Oh, no, no, they weren't. You, that's what you just... Oh, no, no. They, they, they because they're they kind-hearted said, citizens, say, oh, we hear that your uh, granddaughter, Glory, has lost out on having a Wendy house for Christmas. So we've got a second Here is one, one that we found online. It almost looks like yours. And Michael opens it up and pulls out the door, the uh, custom-made number three, and says, oh, stand the crows. It's the same one. It is the same ones. Um, <clears throat> hooray. Uh, no, wait, what's going on here? Not hooray. <laughs> Not hooray. Who? How did this even happen? Um, I'm going to go to the shop and find out if they've got CCTV of it. Well, that he, that uh, doesn't work for him. But luckily for him, he bumps into Craig later. He says, can you make yourself useful and get the pawn shop to give us their CCTV footage so we can find out who pawned this this um, this, Wendy, this house. Wendy house? Thank you. Um, Answer, no. No, Craig will help him with that one. No, it doesn't work. Um, Ed's at an addiction meeting again later, 27th of December. If you had a pound every time, gambling specifically gets called a disease on this programme. It's a disease! You'd have enough money to to get Bobby drunk in Chariot Square Hotel (laughs) for at least half an hour. We are reminded I don't think I've ever had people so forcefully insist to me that gambling's a disease. As we had have during you? this story. I know. It's just like such an unnatural way to describe it. Dr. Gaddis's corridors are probably lined with gambling addicts, yeah. aren't oh, they? Oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, oh. Touch of the old gambling, I is it? I can't stop spinning roulette wheels. <laughs> it's giving me, what's it called? Carpal tunnel. <laughs> You're right, and we're not downplaying it, but no, the scripts are really the, hammering at home. It's a disease. Them, it feels like somebody's told them you have to you have to make clear that it's a disease. It's not a dramatic, fun storyline. This is an issue storyline. It's not always helpful to use terminology like this either. I don't think because people don't. It doesn't make sense to people to call it a disease. Uh, well, I don't think it is in the same way that we understand diseases. It's not as bad as this cough that I've had this past few weeks. Not as Joe, bad as the big that. C. Not as bad as the big C. Well, no. do you know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not criticizing anybody for trying to really make sure that people understand this. And I know it's without his um, control a lot of the time. Yes, but calling it a disease so again and again and again. Has not convinced me, and I'm ready to be convinced. It's like your sex addiction, isn't it? Russell Brand is a disease. Well, I don't, yeah, I think we just, because I think the problem is we don't have the vocabulary properly to talk about it, so we have to borrow it from somewhere else. Well, we also personally don't have any any knowledge of anybody who's had this. We've got no experience of this whatsoever, have we? I think it's also because. It's not chemically uh, driven in the same way that alcoholism is. So if you say, oh, it's a disease, you know, alcoholism is, alcoholism is a disease. You can say, oh, I can see why, because 
the chemicals. I mean, this is this gets you chemically. You know, it's got the old um, endorphins yeah. going around. I know, but your you're body. ingesting something, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, I, I really it's do not like, want to downplay it. No, no. But it's the amount that they're using saying that specific it. word. But what I, the, the, what I'm enjoying about it though is Sarge. <laughs> oh, he doesn't. He's kind of entertaining, Sarge. He the, the way that old um, Port Pie is acting it, he's kind of a little bit theatrical, and he often looks off as if he's talking to people in the back of the audience. But when he says it's a weakness, and I was like, he's just like he's got he's a proper cranky old man. He's got he's a very anti woke, isn't he? This guy. I do. And um, I, like I find him. I yeah I do I. I, I when he came in, I thought, "What's the what's the point of this character? Do we need an extra an extra Bailey in the bail?" Um, but he's yeah, he's interesting in that he's um, holding this very very old school. Um, well, he's been he's been told it's a disease. Hmm? He's been told it's a disease, and he's kind of trying he's trying to understand. I don't think he is. Well, he's trying a bit more than I think I would do if I was an old lady. He, I, I I can imagine he, he, there are there are the tiniest shades of Blanche in some of what he's saying, mm. isn't there? Well, not you know, not on the same page whatsoever. But I no, can totally shades. imagine her if you know if Deirdre had got a gambling addiction or Ken or something, and and people have been saying, "Oh, Grand, don't you know it's a disease?" Blanche should have been saying, "Fuck that, bloody, of course it's not." No. Massive. This is what I'm going to be like when I'm an old lady and my granddaughter comes to me and say, Oh, but I'm in love with an android. I'd be like, For goodness sake. (laughs) Stupid. I know. We will all grow up to be Sarge one day, won't we? It's just whatever it is. You can't say that. That's robotist. Well, I don't (laughs) care. When I was was a kid, nobody fell in love with a robot. We were fine. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, he's told at this support group that it's probably best that he tells his family. And what a surprise. He's just about to tell the family later when. Sadly, they find out dun, dun, for themselves dun. already. Because uh, Craig goes to... Uh, to no, Michael and Dee Dee, sorry, go to the police station later because Craig's got the CCTV footage that he gives them and they, they open it up and it's a little bit grainy, but it's all right. It harms Sector 4. Z, z, z. Perfectly... Cr- it's Ed! What? It's Ed giving the Wendy house to the um the, the pawn shop. Oh, my gosh. And uh, Dee Dee's like... Let's not let's talk not about talk this. about this anymore. Craig, can you um can you turn a blind eye to this crime, please? Go on. I can't believe what a massive hypocrite Dee Dee was this week. Especially when on Friday she was marching down the police station herself to dob Ed and Ronnie in for all their insider trading. I think Do you remember how it much... feels like a quite a convenient way of getting out of it, but I'd like to think that Dee Dee would have a bit more integrity. Than she showed on Wednesday's episode. Do you remember how much soul-searching and hand-wringing went on when Craig had to try to save um, Faye and Emma from killing a man? Yeah. And now he's like, yeah, I've done loads of stuff before. He's massive Ben Copper, isn't he? Seriously. Honestly, the longer I'm in this job, the more I can see why Ben Copper's exist. He's he's just too nice. And he'll kind of... He will. He'll... He'll turn a blind eye to to look after his friends. Well, okay. this is why in real life, policemen don't actually tread the beat or whatever the word is. Walk. Walk the beat along this road that they live in with all their friends and family because then you don't have to deal with accidentally arresting your mates and your neighbours. I can just imagine him going back home to his beautiful purple sequined fluffy diary and opening it up and it says, Craig's 2023 resolutions 
and the top one, the only one, is solve a crime. <laughs> yeah. And he opens the book and he looks at it and he just shakes his head. And then he looks at the Maybe calendar carry and he it sees, over to next year, he this sees how many days are left in the year. And then he turns back to his page and he crosses out 2023 and he writes 2024. Oh, and then he goes, hmm, that's right, Craig, don't worry, we can do it. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, he's a Mal, no one to CID didn't keep him, but uh, he, he needs he needs to get in trouble for this. But I think he's um, no, possibly no going to get away with it. No, and also like the, nobody's going to ask him. What did you do this afternoon? You went to the check out CCTV and you were using one of our rooms to to view it. See, I don't know much about the police. No. I don't, you know, I watched the bill, but I kind of thought that. Police mostly worked in partners. Hasn't he got a friend at work that can... Like, where's Jess? Do police officers often do this kind of thing on their own? Um, Isn't I think, that, you know, the point that they have to have a, a colleague there with them that they what, can collude sure with? That they or don't make sure Yeah, if, if, if one of them's mischief. bent and the other one's there to say, oh, no, you don't. Oh, I don't think we should be doing this. I'm going to report you to um, line of duty, actually. Well, it's cutbacks. It, yes, it is. It's police cutbacks. Craig has to work on his own. Okay. Um, anyway, so there are Ed's off the hook there for the time being. Well, with the, the law anyway. So the Baileys um, all gather at number three. Ed comes in the door. He's just about to say, oh, I'm a massive gambler. But they tell him what they found out. And dad, how could you do this to us? And he says, oh, I've been... I've been gambling. He basically recounts the last couple of months' worth of storylines to them. He, he, he says, oh, I thought I've cured my addiction, but obviously not. I've I got my sorry, money from various places. I borrowed it from the business account. I, I even took out a credit card in Norris's name. Um, I just kept losing. I had the odd win, but then I just get worse and worse. So I took out more loans. And they're like, how bad is this, Dad? And he's like, we could lose the house. So he tells them about um, taking a loan out against the house well, didn't and it turn threatening from... them to repossess. It's, it's worse than I thought it was. It turned from we could lose the house to we are going to lose the house by Friday. Yeah. Um, my... Yeah, we didn't know about this, did we? I don't know whether we knew about I don't think we knew this. he took out a loan. Do we? I don't know. I can't remember. He says, not... look, we're all right, but Norris Cole's in serious trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going to get... He's in trouble now because he's taking out a loan for someone in the... De- That's fraud. Surely he's going to prison for that. But nobody knows about that. Well, nobody... Well, Dee Dee knows and Michael and Ronnie, but they're not going to... Not going to dob him in about that, are they? Or maybe that's what Dee Dee was going to do today. I if know. prison was actually a place where you got rehabilitation and help for your problems, it would be the best place for him. But as it is, I can't see that that would be a good idea. To no, I don't, I don't think so. I think he just needs help. I liked how they had different um, reactions from the kids. M- Michael's maybe a little bit over the top and saying, well, Dad, you can get out of your house then. Um, yeah. I know that he's he's upset with him, especially with the, with all the history and Ed's gambling was what caused them to lose the last house and Michael had to take the blame for it. But I yeah, think I Michael was think, being a bit rich no. trying to order Ed out of the house. No, but. I think he was right. I think he is right to be furious. He was right to be furious. He was absolutely right to be furious. But if I was Michael, if I was that Michael, um, and I, I would say, well, I'm leaving Maybe he's can got I come nowhere. Live? Yeah, but he's can got I... a baby and nowhere to go. Who's Dee Dee living with at the moment? Is By she herself, a selfish cow. Yeah, he could he could take Dee Dee in. 
be a bit of a uh, Gooseberry and the D.D. Joel situation. D.D. doesn't want to take anyone in. But no. if anyone's going to f- storm out, then yeah, maybe Michael should have taken D.D. and gone. Then Sarge would have been left with with Ed overnight. Oh gosh, I One of them would have turned that. up dead probably. Yeah. So so Michael's fuming. Dee's a little bit more understanding. Sarge is completely not understanding in the well, slightest. I think Sarge is secretly pleased because he knew all along that Ed was a was a, the worst child. Yeah. Well, th- this is what... Ed, I knew it! I, I don't think that um, Sarge looks down his nose at Ed as much as Ed thinks he does. I think yeah, Ed's right. built up this idea in his mind that Ronnie's the golden child. Ergo, everything he does is bad in Sarge's guilt. eyes. It's it's yeah, it is. It's it's not like that. But um, Sarge Sarge doesn't get it, um, and he says, "Yeah, it's this is shameful. It's you're you're weak." Um, and and Dee Dee says, "Look, we need to find another solution here because Michael wants to tell Aggie. Ronnie's like, yeah, we we can't let Aggie need to. We we can't find Aggie about. We can't let Aggie know about this. She's already got enough on her plate with Auntie Corona." Um, so Dee Dee says, "Addiction is an illness. I don't know whether any of you knew this, but it's an addiction's illness. Addiction's an illness." And so I just, "No, it's a weakness." Michael's like, "Yeah, out you're out, out you go, Ed." <clears throat> so off he wallows. Uh, he wants to be alone. And at the end of the episode, we think that Ed has finally learned a lesson, but no, he's on the phone to his bank, pretending to be Ronnie, saying, oh, can you transfer some money? I want the whole of the Eddie Ron account transferred into me brother Ed's account, please. And he's like, oh, what, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. When I saw this, I, I thought that we were actually making a bit of headway into the story up until this point. But when we had this scene on Wednesday at the end, I thought, oh, are we really just going round this roundabout again? I, I like this development a little bit because it gave Ronnie a something to think about. Friday's episode was, was kind of fun, but um, it's like, it, it felt like Ed can't get any worse, but then he does. And then we get to have the family having a go at him again. And we get to have Dee Dee defend him again. And we get to have Sarge be disappointed again. And we get to have Ed wallowing and feeling sorry for himself again. Except this well, time he does like, it in Scally's Alley over at the precinct, doesn't he? He can't... Um... Just when you think it can't get worse. Yeah, but read the they room think... Coronation Street. People don't need the storyline to run for much longer. Oh, I'm. I was quite enjoy. Yeah, carry on. It's. I, I was enjoying it a bit more this week. I like it... this. The reason I like this is because when you get, I mean, you can fill in. Go on, carry on. No, no, no. No, because I... I'll get to it when you... I get. to Oh, it. okay, fine. So, um, Michael's mad. Uh, in the house later, I've written in the notes, Michael's mad at number three, like, shouting ah, in the house. <laughs> you stupid Wendy house. <laughs> um, his head is dead to me. I oh, I just feel like he's, no. he's overreacting no. a little bit. No, no. If your dad, like, you you don't know what it feels like to not have complete <coughs> and utter faith in your in your parents. I know. Your whole life, your parents have been really good. Same with me. They've done, done nothing but do everything they could to make my life as good as it can be. When they have something to give me, they give it to me. Even if I don't need it, they want me to do well and they love me and cherish me and I feel safe and always protected by them. How would you feel if your parent betrayed you time and time again to the point which they could be making you and your daughter homeless? After all these secrets and and telling you to your face over and over again and putting you in jeopardy and making you out to be the enemy to everybody else and then they want you, you know, and then, oh, you're supposed to be okay with it. 
It just makes me feel a bit sad because the ba- the Baileys are such a tight knit family, and they're they're well, one of Corrie's depra- few examples of a traditional ish sort of family, yeah. and they've they've obviously got a lot of love for each other. Um, there's you know we we've seen that they have been in the past they had had religious views which is obviously being on family Dee Dee still is although it doesn't look like she was at church on Christmas Day mm-hmm. and I, I don't like I don't like the idea of this tight unit falling apart necessarily if it if it has but it to. makes the betrayal worse when you're so close. Yeah, I, I know, I know. And I, I think, I mean, I've got no worries that Michael won't come round to, to Ed eventually because Michael, at his heart, is a nice guy, isn't he? He strikes me as a very forgiving soul and also probably a soul that is fairly easy to, not manipulate, but to... Convince. Convince and to um, to calm down. Um, anyway. So, any, anyway, so he, he's Joel's mad. not surprised. Um no, no Joel, Joel knew about it already. So Dee Dee, uh, has, mad about the, that. The, the next, uh, yeah, she she's not so mad at Ed. No, I think no. She, is she a mad at Ed? I can't she's remember. She's mad at Ronnie and and Joel because they both reveal that they knew about this. And Dee Dee's like, "You idiot! Oh yeah, you that's told right. me." That's right. Yeah, so she they 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 she, she she's mad that he knew all along she and Ronnie Joel. knew all along. Yeah, you're dumped, Joel. Sorry, it was good while it lasted. Not really. Maybe. Um, and um, she says, right, out you both go. So we then cut to the precinct where Ed is looking very sorry for himself in the alley there. Just sitting on who, the floor. Who There's should, a bench over there. He's on a bit of cardboard. He's all right. Don't feel sorry for him. He's, a, he's trying to panhandle for money so he can go down the bookies. <laughs> yeah, he probably would, though. That's the thing. We don't know what he's done with this money because um, I think at the beginning of the episode, we hear from Dee Dee, maybe, I can't remember, that, he, that Ed has told them that he's stayed at a hotel overnight but um no it's been it's been in the alley and who should come across him but todd for some reason yeah that was who, weird um, he, he sits and listens to his woes for a bit but then well, he gets his eye distracted by a hunky nigerian and then he probably when he was lying in bed and he'd finish his little moses fantasies he's like oh yeah ed was homeless on the street i knew i should have done something way. about that Whoops! Damn me and my uh, my mojo. Well, he says, you know, this is all this has happened, but the worst bit is they don't know everything. No, they do not know everything, and um, we find out what that everything is later um, when he tells them that he's um, used the he's gambled all the company money away at the casino. They basically have another Bailey meeting, don't I they? I thought and this, this is was what great. Comes out. Ronnie's trying to chair it and being reasonable and stuff, and he says, "Blood is thicker than money." Which, how that got in the show, I don't know. Who thought that was a good phrase? <laughs> Blood yeah, is thicker I... than money. No, it's... it's not, though. What do you mean? If I had a gold bullion and melted it down, I think I'd know which one was the most viscous there. Well, money's not a liquid, Ronnie. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Haven't you heard of liquid assets, Gemma? <laughs> 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 anyway, um so Ronnie's all Ronnie's trying to, you know, mediate and then Ed sobbingly confesses that he's gone to the casino and cleared out the company funds. <laughs> and Ronnie's like ah, <laughs> I, It affects me now. Yeah. Ah, and he suddenly decided that they don't have to be reasonable at all. As, as silly as I think the situation is, I still will 
I, I still do feel really bad for Ed, and I and when he does his woe is me act, I do. I, I know me too. I feel bad for him. I, I do really feel bad it's for him. He, he's totally. It's a disease, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's in above his head, and you can see that he's paddling away furiously, but he just can't help himself. Yeah. I, I I I think that Trevor is doing a, a pretty decent job. I'm gonna say of uh, of portraying I, yeah addict. I think this is great. Yeah. It's, it's... I don't want anyone to think that we're making fun of, of some of this, that we don't take this seriously, but you got, we can't have everything... Can't uh, not make I, fun of I things. would not throw Ed out. I'd help him somehow. No, you wouldn't. If he I kept would. doing it... <laughs> we've talked about addicts before on the sh- and we've spoken about it before um, anyway Ed brings was it Ed, Ed brings up the insider trading I suppose it must have been because he dumps uh, he, he dumps, dumps Ronnie in it doesn't yeah. he and, uh, and, and Ronnie's like uh, Dee Dee's like you were doing insider trading with the Rovers with the with the Newton and Ridley stuff I was like oh it's a <laughs> I victimless loved, crime I loved Sarge Sarge was brilliant I like, well I think that Ronnie made some wise business decisions so I think that's what anyone would have done yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, oh, here we go, you're back in Golden Boy again. <laughs> um, have Sarge just doesn't it get it. Like he's, he's too old school. He doesn't He doesn't live in the modern world, does he? Well, I and think he... a lot of people felt the same way about what Ronnie did, though. I was saying the same thing, like, nah, is it really bad? Is it really a crime? Well, Isn't Didi it just says, like yes. throwing a pie at a politician? It's not technically... <laughs> a crime it's just illegal uh, but then Dee Dee's mad at Ronnie because not only has he done that but that's what apparently put the whiff of gambling under Ed's nose which it did back it in was. the summer that's exactly the, how, it what, how, how this whole thing started it's my legal duty to go to the police says Dee Dee Shop. forget about what happened the other day yeah. when I was literally trying to tell a policeman to um, turn, the, turn the blind eye that's why eye. she starts crying when she goes into the police station she's like this is going to look so embarrassing in front of Craig <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyway, she um, at the yard later, Ed's on the phone to Aggie saying, everything's fine, I've had a lovely Christmas. Yeah, she loved a Wendy ass. And Rod- Ronnie comes over and says, look, sorry for putting you on the, uh, the dodgy path to gambling, Ed, but that's all I'm sorry for. Also, by the way, sorry to mention to you, but Dee Dee's about to shop us to the police, so we're kind of in trouble. <laughs> Dee Dee turns up at the station. So She's going to get a loyalty card for that station at the moment, isn't she? She's she's very conflicted. She doesn't want to really do it, but the drama is too much to, to resist. <laughs> I can't resist it. Oh look, there's Joel. Oh, cry, didn't see cry. you there, Joel. Um, and then yeah, she has a cry. He's into like, his I'm chest. just going outside for a um, bread sauce sandwich. Do you want to sit in the car and have some? I'm going to have a vape. It's bread sauce flavour. <laughs> <laughs> What's the blandest vape that you've got? <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep making funny noises, but my I've done things to my ribs and I can't really laugh properly. Yes, Gemma has got it. How's your back doing? You, it had, hurts. A bad, you had a bad back yesterday. I can't laugh or cough. We did love the pantomime, but the seats weren't the best at the Derby Arena, and it didn't help Gemma's poor back. Um, anyway, so anyway, luckily for for Ed, Joel's able to um, cajole Dee Dee into coming into his car and um, you think not that's shopping. His full name? What? Cajole Bread Sauce Whiteman. Probably is his name. Yeah. Um, anyway, they have a kiss and and Dee Dee says, "Oh, Ed's got because he doesn't know everything at the moment, does he?" She she tells him about the insider trading and gambling away everything from the business account, but you won't tell anyone, will you, Joel? And the look in Joel's eyes, he's just got a spark of personality in there. And that I don't know what he's gonna do. You but you seem to think he's do he's up to something, but I don't. It feels like. 
I don't know what it is. I I I think he I'm was not just excited shocked. enough about him to concoct the story off the top. I'm of my secretly head, rooting for Joel I, he, more he, than anybody. On I the think show. he's going to be doing a bit of blackmailing. I think he is. Okay. Um. Anyway, um. Dee comes into the yard later and, and finds Ed, and he's like, "Don't report Ronnie. You can report me, but don't report him." And she says, "Look, I'm not reporting either uh, of you. Do you know what? We're going to get through this, but you might need to sell the yard and also the flat." And you remember Grace? Remember, remember she's got a flat. Uh, sorry, she's got a house that you and Mum um, got. I think she got. They got an auction, f- and, and then she oh, blackmails yeah. them into That's giving it to her happened. last year. Remember yeah. that, everybody. Um, the two years ago, we might need to sell them. Oh, there's no problem then, is it? I, I think everybody had forgotten about this house, but it um, seems like quite a convenient source of um, income, really. Two things that annoy me here. One is when somebody says, oh, you can do this to me, but not to that person. When you they know that there's no way that they could get in trouble without the other person being implicated. So him saying, oh, I don't mind if I get in trouble, but not Ronnie. You know that's not going to happen, Ed, you dumb idiot. There's no way that you can get go down for it without Ronnie. So mm. shut up, trying to be selfless, because you're not. You're just being self-indulgent. And secondly, on Coronation Street, when somebody gets into financial trouble, they're like, oh, I've lost everything. I'm going to have to sell my flat, my business, my second house, <laughs> my yacht, my, my Mercedes Benz and all of my kebab shops. Yeah, I know. I, I can't know. cry too hard for you because you have multiple things that you can sell. I'm wondering whether we're going to have a return for Miss Vickers. Well, they can't sell her place because it belongs to Aggie and she doesn't know. Oh, yes, that's a good point, isn't yeah. it? I don't know. We'll see See what happens with that. But it, it, it got a bit more interesting on Friday. I will give it that. But um, it, it's about time that the story drew to some sort of conclusion. Michael. It's time to pull a cracker. Pull a cracker? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, this, this is... Uh, Hang I, I, on. I, what? Go on. I could have done without the walking in on them bonking on Monday. It's I all... didn't. I didn't like it because it was silly, and we don't. I don't like that. I didn't like it with um, Sally and Tim either. I just don't like it. I, I sometimes I don't mind. I didn't it, mind the bath one because it was sweet and it. it felt the like bath character one was building. a really really great scene. But it feels... I, I'm just thinking there's just a little bit too much shagging involved I, in this MND story. And it's and I get what they're trying... They're going for, well, you know, people who are going through these um, difficult times and if they've got a terminal diagnosis, they've still got their needs, etc, etc. Well, but they're still human. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. But it feels like they're leaning into it a little bit too much. And, and, and then on, you know, on Wednesday's episode at the end of it, they're both saying, sitting on the sofa, Billy and Paul saying, oh, that Moses, eh? he was a bit of all right. Like, come on, gents, tone it down. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I just think it was a, a unnecessary on Monday it to have them. And it wasn't, maybe that's the prude in me. I th- Especially it, as Billy, you know, he'd, he'd lied to everybody. He and said, off church. Yeah. I know uh, he is what he is working back at the church again, isn't he? I think in the bath time scene, yeah. one of the things he says to Paul was um, that um, he would oh, he had his job offered to him back at the church again. I can't remember whether he took it or not, but I would have thought that maybe on Christmas morning he might want to go. Same with Paul. Tell you what, I think what would have been an interesting story instead of them 
being caught bonking. You know, Paul has supposedly found God, and I think he's maybe forgotten about him again. But wouldn't it be kind of funny <laughs> if... Because it seems like Paul was keeping it a secret, wasn't he, that he was going to church, and it was this big revelation to Billy. Maybe when they're doing loads of sneaking about, what if the characters had thought that they were up to Nookie, but they were actually at church, and then they had been surprised at being in church? Mm, it doesn't work. Is it? I, think, I see where you're going with it. I think that would have been quite sweet. I think that it would have been very much in character for them to have wanted to go to church on that Christmas morning, especially okay. Billy, sorry, especially Paul, if he's just he's just converted, if he's just been baptised, he should be wanting to do that sort of thing on Christmas Day now. And I think that would have been, I think that would have been quite funny if they'd have been sneaking off and we'd have thought they'd been doing one thing where they're actually going to church. That could have been a really nice kind of calm, holy sort of serene moment for the two of them. But it wouldn't have involved Billy wandering around with a Santa hat over his penis. He, I, I, no, he didn't. He had a pillow over his willy. Oh, I'm sorry. He had a, he had a, he had a, a Santa hat on his, hat on his yeah. head. Okay. I, I, I didn't. I haven't watched it as many times as I think some people have that clip. <laughs> no, I, 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 I would have preferred to have seen them have a okay, lovely yes. character moment in the church on Christmas. But We're anyway, pair of prudes, aren't we? No, I, 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 yes, in some ways, but I just think that would have been nice. I, I think my. I get you. Anyone else? On Monday, Gemma's. No, I mean, we kind of said this already, haven't we? Monday's episode is them getting caught bonking and then having a, a Zoom call with Bernie from prison because apparently you can do that now. Do they let you do video calls from prison if it's Christmas or is it just yes. like whenever you fancy? I don't know. But um, there's a bit of a sentimental... I suppose that's the sentimentality, isn't it? When she's here's uh, away in the manger playing in the background and they have a sing-along together. Um, it, it didn't really work for me. But um, that's Monday. But Wednesday is when we get the introduction of new character Moses. Four, isn't he something, Gemma? Mm-hmm. Yes, Gemma's not... Am I doing this or you? It's me. Didn't you just do this one? Did I do that one? Oh yeah, you did the Baileys. No, I did the Baileys. I do apologise. I you wasn't do meaning. This, then. No, no, no. I wasn't meaning to steal your thunder. You, it's not you... my thunder. Take it. Is it my go? It or is your, your go? go. It is your go. Oh, I, that's why I was getting confused when you started batting it. I forgot. I thought it was my go, and it is your go. <laughs> I want to talk about Paul. I, I want to talk about Paul. I think Coronation Street needs to have more drama like this. People arguing over which Whose story. Turn it is. You go right ahead, my darling. What happened on Wednesday and Friday? Gemma's finding it hilarious that Billy and Paul got walked in on. Paul's got a cramp in his back, and Billy says that Jim, the PA, is coming over. And this is the one everyone was accusing of murdering Shelley. He did it. He did it. I tell you, he did Paul. It. Yeah, that Jim. They wouldn't be bringing him back in. I'm convinced. I am I completely convinced. I shouldn't have brought it up. That Jim bumped off Shelley with no. her permission. No. And that's why they did. That's why they had Paul sort of interested in the idea back in May, June sort of time. And so that when it comes up again in the next, you know, when he's back in the next few months, it's not going to seem like it's going to come out of nowhere because it's just going to be uncovering idea he had last summer. So I you tell think you. there's going to be a serial killer as a PA? <laughs> yes. And that's going to be. We always need to have a serial killer on the street. Right. So Paul's not really looking forward to the idea that he's going to have to rely on somebody dressing him and having to do toiletries and things. But at but least it's Jim. Someone I know. When it turns up, when the guy turns up, it's not Jim at all. It's a guy called Moses because Jim has slipped a disc. 
He didn't really know Jim that well, did he? How many scenes has Jim been in? I assume Paul okay. did did talk to Jim a few times off camera, but it's when you know it's knowing somebody. It makes a big difference. I it makes a big difference. I don't know whether I'd rather have somebody who I didn't know. What doing, every time? No, doing something like that. Get like, me a new PA. I don't. I don't know whether I'd want somebody that. It, no, listen, you haven't been in that situation before, so you really don't know what, no, what no, you're no. talking about. Okay. But when you have to rely on somebody and you're very, very vulnerable, having a familiar face is is good. Yeah. And um, you're thinking along the lines of people that you know. This is somebody that you know solely in the capacity of caring for you. So it's not awkward the same way it would be if, you know, Rachel came round. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Very true. There's somebody that's there to help you, and when it's somebody different, mm. Paul got really miffed off. He was kind of rude on Wednesday. Yeah, there's it's it's fine to be like surprised and a little bit disappointed that that the person you were expecting doesn't come, but he was like, he was very mega rude and like, yeah, Moses, you can go home. Yeah, I know he was rude, but um, again, unless you're in, if you've ever been in that situation. Especially if you're caught off guard. It, it just didn't... It yeah, didn't he was, it wasn't really within his character. Strike what Paul would have done. But Paul is being challenged in many ways. And sometimes he's not going to be as good a person as he would hope to be. Same as anybody would be who's in pain and vulnerable. So, don't like Moses. Um, and Tittle, he... Sorts his back out. Helps him by rubbing his back. <laughs> and Paul's just loves him now because he's managed to to get him ready and get him dressed and um there was a scene where i think you pointed it out um when we were watching it when when moses wheels him into the flat after getting him washed and dressed but he's wheeling him in from the direction of the yeah he comes from the other direction the entrance i'm pretty where... sure that the bathroom was has been there before though I think they've got two. Anyway. <laughs> it's a very, very spacious flat. Is, uh... Anywhere you want as a bathroom. So he's left Nigeria because of personal issues and he has a physiotherapist qualification, but they aren't recognised here, which is why he's working as a carer. And Paul says, sorry as a git, but Moses says, well, I'll see you tomorrow. Moses is very good humoured about it, isn't he? He's, and um, Paul says, oh, you... I think Moses like forgives him and uh, Paul says, well, you, I don't remember what it says, but Paul, Moses basically says, yes, you were a bit of a git, weren't you? He's a nice chap. Of course he is. Of course he is. Um, Billy and Paul tell Gemma about how great he is and he's so sexy, which I really think is unprofessional and I'd be creeped out. If this was a good woman and they were talking about her like that, that would be weird and gross. This guy is just trying to do his job. They don't even know if he's gay. He comes from Nigeria. Well, the personal know, issues. insinuations that, here. Yeah, Insinu- that he's yeah. been driven out of his country. Personal issues of... in Nigeria. I, I did a bit of Googling about this. and it's What did you Google about? Homosexuality in Nigeria. Yeah. And um, they don't like it so much. They don't really like it. No. Um, yeah, but, you, you know, because it's a very religious country. Yeah. So assuming that he's gay just because he's from Nigeria is a bad move, isn't it? Mm. Because uh, it's more likely that he isn't. It was, it was, I found it odd slightly in today's episode when they were trying to egg um, Todd on to trying asking to him, him out <laughs> when oh, they didn't God. know for sure. No, I know. They're like, he, this is Corey, of course he's gay. <laughs> 
Um, Moses comes to the flat. He's going to take Paul to the shops because Billy's very busy. Todd and Eileen perv over him. Again, totally inappropriate if this was not a big, like, strapping guy. If this was, like, a nice, petite little nurse woman who's just, like, being thrown into a den of perverts. Can you imagine if it was a completely switched sexes? Yeah. And, uh, and it was Gemma who was dying of MND and she was there with her lesbian girlfriend and then this sexy nurse rocks up and they're like, they're, they're drooling. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't, be, uh, that wouldn't be a good look. But it's no. funny if the men do it. Todd goes over to help them, fawns over Moses, Paul sees... Gives him a, jokes about it, and then um, they tell him to ask him out, and he says no. <laughs> Run out of steam on that one, there, darling. Ugh. But I want to. I want to say I really loved Paul asking Billy, "Do you think Bigfoot's real?" Because yesterday, me and you were having a well. You were listening to a podcast, and they said, "Do you think big?" What's your no, favorite? Crypt- what's your favorite crypt? And you said, podcast. "What's your favorite cryptid?" And I had to pause the podcast to give you like a ten minute lecture about what my favorite cryptid was. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's your impressions of Moses, apart from oh, the obvious? No. For how hot Bigfoot is he? Bigfoot is real. No. I quite, I quite like Moses. He doesn't. He's not striking me at the moment as a long-term character. But um, I've seen lots of people online suggesting that he's going to be... Like, before today's episode, people were saying, oh, is he going to be like Billy's new love interest? Is I, I really hope that... I, I don't need there to be any cheating in the Todd... Uh, sorry, in the Paul and Billy marriage before Paul shuffles off his mortal coil. But then to have somebody there that's ready to scoop Billy up as soon as Paul does die feels a bit too soon as well. So I don't mind the idea that it's Todd. I don't know. They don't don't seem like a great match at the moment. Moses is too nice and pure and gentle and Todd's a massive schemer. Yeah. And he also, he didn't, Seemed he didn't strike me as necessarily being Todd's type either. I don't know. No. But he seemed nice. No. Just they're just two men who happen to be gay, so therefore they've got to get into a relationship with each other. So even not you're making even, an assumption about Moses now. Gay. Maybe that's gonna be the massive twist. Maybe maybe he kicked him out of Nigeria because he wouldn't stop murdering gay people. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe that could be his personal problem. Maybe he he's uh, poly polyamorous and he's just yeah. got a, 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 a many, bundle of wives a back at home. Yeah, maybe. Right, that's um, it. Anyway, that was... Uh, did, did, did you enjoying that? You, yeah. You, okay, fine. Right, Christmas Eve. I loved, I loved it. <laughs> you love... Uh, you, you got plenty to say when you're ragging on Bobby in the Carla and Peter X episode on Boxing well, look, when, Day. When the... Paul was being moody at Moses, I was like, he's not a massive racist, is he? What is this where this is going? <laughs> I was really surprised that he wasn't... Like, I would... I thought it was weird that he was, like, there was no... If I was Moses, I'd be... I'd get that impression that he was racist, wouldn't you? Yeah. If you walk into a house and immediately this guy's like, oh, you can get lost, wouldn't you just go, hmm, I see you have a problem with me. I wonder what that could be. <clears throat> I don't know. I imagine... Come up. I would imagine that some carers, well, lots of carers, would encounter prejudice. clients... Not prejudice, but people who don't really want them to be there mm-hmm. um, and that don't aren't ready to give up their independence yeah, yet. True. And so he probably just thought it was another, you know, somebody like this that thinks yeah. that they can do it themselves. But obviously Paul, Paul struggles for that now. Okay, um, Evelyn then. So we do get that scene on um, Christmas Day episode where Roy presents her with a book which she thinks is lovely and it looks like 
you know, you get the, again the, the 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 slight moment of is there some kind of electric spark? Is there a bit of romance between the two of them? And it turns into nothing. I think that they're just going to keep on teasing that. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, and, and Mary's bouncing on a ball. Um, but the the main thing um, with this story is Wednesday because do you remember Gemma? Do you remember last week when Cassie nicked that Porsche and then she scratched it and she left it in the garage with Abby's tool tray to- trolley um, lined up next How to could it I to make forget? it. It was well, such an amazing idea. Exactly what Cassie wanted to happen and was obviously going to happen happened on Wednesday because Kevin finds it and it's like Abba, Abba, is this your tool trolley? You've left a scratch down it. What are you doing, woman? And Abby's like, by the end of the episode, she's like, oh, yes, I'm sorry, Kevin. It must have been me. But it, the scratch on it wasn't the same shape as anything on the dual, the dual trolley. So I don't know. Abby's, uh, sorry, Cassie's there trying to um, get in between them and say, yeah, it was Abby. It was. Did, you get a, uh, did you get a feeling of um, Cassie was a bit disappointed that Kevin was um, snuggling with Abby by the end of the episode and all forgiven with her? She, I she, I, Cassie was kind of giving him a bit of a look like, oh, foiled curses. I want a bit of, bit of Webster action for myself. Uh, no, but when um, when she found them arguing, I had an image in my mind of that little gif of the raccoon with its little tiny paws rubbing them together with an evil smile. Yeah, exactly. She definitely seems like an evil raccoon. She's a stirrer. <laughs> she just wanted to get away with it, I suppose which which she did at the end of the day because Kevin's cleaned up the scratch and everything's okay but um, Roy's not happy to know that he was involved in uh, felonious caperings on for Christmas a man Eve, that is so on the up and up he gets involved in a lot of those sorts of things doesn't he I know he's a bit of a trouble mm, magnet isn't yeah, Roy? He is. <laughs> um, anyway that's basically all that happened there is it, it feels like Cassie's going bad again and I thought that they were no. trying to redeem her character a little bit. I but, think that um, they... Um... If, they're, if they're having her purposefully try and cover up her own misdeeds and drop Abby in it, then um, I'm going to have to have words with her. Gemma, you've got this new storyline. Put your phone down. Why? What's going on with this one? This is called F, Eliza Navidad, which I assume is short for the F word. Yes. What have you got? What Nothing. was your message? It's just Rebecca. She's really just smug. sent us a tweet. Okay, she's just really smug. <laughs> no, it's just the, it's the Corrie schedules for next week. Okay. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. It looked like you had a massive great secret. No. On Monday, Eliza's down in the dump. She hadn't heard from her dad. He's supposed to be there. And Stu and Yasmin say he's probably been having trouble. Speak more slowly. This is People need to have time to really soak this storyline in, Gemma. We need to know all the gory details. Carry on. On Wednesday... Not that slowly. Speed up. Stu tries to cheer Eliza up with a milkshake that she doesn't care. He's guilty. She gets a message from Dom later. Sorry, Miss Christmas. I'm staying in Germany. And Stu says, oh, no, that's really sad. This was where Alia says, oh, I'm sure he doesn't mean it. Like, which bit? What? Doesn't yeah. mean that he's... He's really sorry that yeah. he missed Christmas. <laughs> Stu says, um, maybe she, you're better off without him. She tries calling him up, but she gets an answer phone, so she runs upstairs, upset, comes down and cries. I don't know why, because in Germany, like, don't they all do their Christmas stuff? Is it like the 6th of December? 
I've never been. I believe that is true. I walked over a bridge and I was in Germany and then I walked back over a different bridge and I was not in Germany anymore. I, think they have I fake didn't early ask Christmas them many Germany. questions. They when still I was have there. their Weihnachten on the 25th, but the real the big day is the 6th. So I don't know what is he it? was up to. What do they do? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's something shoe related. That everyone has to wear the shoe of the person sitting no, to their isn't right. It like your presents in your shoe. You I drink don't champagne it's been out of the shoe. a long time since I learned about that, and I might be making it up. I might be pulling it out of an orifice. But what's, anyway, what's bum uh, in German? Arsch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Eliza's crying again. Blah blah blah. Eliza's back up in bed again. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Yasmin is mad at Dom. And they, she says it's their job now to show Eliza how loved she is. And then Stu calls Dom up and says, come back. Sorry about that. He didn't, he's Give not me able a ring to back. get hold of him. Yeah. On Friday in the cafe, Yasmin is telling Roy that Dom's staying in Germany. <laughs> this story. <laughs> this story. <coughs> Eliza feels this abandoned. This story was old about three months ago. Why don't you and Evelyn come for a meal with me and Stu to speed dial? So Stu doesn't want to go. And Yasmin says, look. It's it's a part. It's a bit of a story with characters people like. Why don't we go with them and see if they can liven up a bit? <laughs> yeah, come on. It's a, we get to be in a scene with Evelyn. Yeah, and he says, I, "Okay, fine." It's really sad that like what, they be they need to go out to other restaurants. I know. Like, it's their own. Wh- restaurant. Where were the Platts treating themselves to as a special occasion on Christmas? Bistro. Oh, the bistro. Where's Where's Yasmin? Not only she she had her Christmas Day serving at Speed Dial, and now on Friday back at oh let's go for a massive treat Speed Dial. There are other places in Manchester that you can go for your food, Yasmin. Just makes makes you come off as a skinflint. So. Uh... Stu's trying to phone Dom again, no answer, but it finally rings him back. Pretty cross, not in the mood to discuss all this. Stu tells Yasmin everything when he puts the phone down, including about the money. Yasmin gets really mad and um, says, you know, Eliza doesn't deserve a family like this. She's mad at, mad at everybody. Now they have to go for this stupid meal. Um, then they have a fight when they're having the meal and Stu dumps water all over her. Have they just... They just have an accidental... What? Have you got a mouse? No. Okay. The cat's the just cat's... run in looking guilty. Come here. There is no mouse. Yeah, they have a bit of a tussle over a carafe of water, don't they? And Yasmin gets drenched. Yeah, so... Oh, the hilarity. And Roy rushes off to get changed as well, which leaves Evelyn with Captain Birdseye, which is the best line of the episode. Who's Captain Birdseye? Who do you think? What, Stu? Yeah. Yasmin comes back. Who's what? Evelyn was stuck. Yes. Okay, you I get it. The episode as well. Yeah, I did, but I didn't like this bit. Funny, wasn't it? They water went everywhere. Cool. Did you really love that story? Maybe we shouldn't have three episodes a week. <laughs> Do you think? Do you think they they shouldn't be filling it up with uh, with all this sort of stuff? I, oh, I just don't know where it's going to end. Do you think Dom's coming back? If it like it Why seems, are they talking to him about it? It feels Why? like the end point of this is just to me, it's just going to be Eliza will be living with Yasmin go and away. Stu again and Eliza, it's going to be go back and to live this. in Germany. She's not though, is she? Go I and think... live in Germany. What happened to your arm? Hmm? No one cares about that anymore, do they? No. That was the most exciting thing that's ever happened to her. Getting her nearly run over by Mason. By Mason. Where's he gone? He's just been tormenting Liam by text all throughout the Christmas Merry holidays. Merry Christmas, rat boy. <laughs> yeah, what's he been doing for Liam? 
Um, okay, so... I know what Mason's been doing. He's been watching Mog on a loop. Oh, yeah, so if you've been watching that, if you want a song to irritate your nearest oh, and dearest with. Um, right, the so... Best thing, uh, Mog was the best thing on Christmas. On Christmas. <laughs> Tracy has been talking... This is the Tracy story. This is line. the Tracy story. This is the beginning of a storyline that seems like, here's a teaser of a 2024 hot and steamy affair between Tracy and Tommy Orpington. You heard it here first. Because Tracy and Steve are talking about this relationship gap year idea, aren't they? This comes up during Christmas dinner. Why and Steve ha- thinks it's a ridiculous idea. Yeah. But Tracy is clearly unhappy in her marriage. Just but How long are they being together now? Like, three years, maybe? Gosh, so basically... It doesn't... A vintage. It doesn't seem like too long for Tracy to be bored, considering how she was declaring to Steve that you know you're my you're my only one. You, I, I, I've loved you ever since I was a teenager. Now she's getting bored with him. I, I don't quite believe it. And I think the problem with this is we've not seen hide nor hair of them as a couple in the past couple of years, have we? We saw them about a little bit during the Amy rape story, but. I'd like to have seen a little bit more of this marriage breakdown than rather be told that Tracy is up for an idea, up for the idea of spending a year apart from him. But anyway, they have a falling out, and she winds up going to the uh, to the to the flower shop. Who should walk in but Tommy Orpington? We thought we'd seen the last of him. No, he's back, and he's now a painter and decorator. Um, and he with bad organisation skills. Yes, he needs a present for his mum. Uh, you know, this is going to be Christmas, e- Christmas Day evening that this has happened. And I, d- I want to know, the like, did he forget his mum was coming over? His mum made a surprise visit to the Orpington house? I, I don't know, but Tracy's able to sell him a, wee- a wilting poinsettia for 50 quid or something. And, um, yeah, when, when he hands over his card, she's like, oh, Tommy Orpington, don't I know that name? And I don't think he says who he is, does he? He doesn't say, yes, it's me, the famous Weatherfield footballer, but we know. And, um, yes, this looks like that maybe Tommy's going to be scoring in a different way in the future. Thoughts, Gemma? I'm being very candid in this episode, aren't I? Well, no, you can be... Nobody wanted Tommy Orpington to come back as this a This is the thing. Character. Nobody wanted Tommy... Did I they? don't want anyone to feel bad listening to this. He does the show. I don't know who listens to it. I feel so bad when I say these things. It's not nice to hear if you're the actors or any, you know, but my goodness me, we don't want Tommy Orpington as a full-time character, Shaq and Tracy, in the back of the Preston's Petals, do we? It, I don't think he's going to be back as a full-time character, but it feels like there's some kind of Steve Tracy marital breakdown story coming up and he's going but to be why? playing somewhat of a part in there. But, yeah, why? I, I no. in, in some ways it makes sense. Like, you know, Steve is Tommy Orpington's biggest fanboy, isn't he? Him and Tim, like, loved a bit of Tommy O when he was playing for Weatherfield County. So to have your hero bedding your wife, I guess that there's story potential in there. I just, I don't want to see it. I don't need Tommy Orpington back. He was dull then. Maybe they're going to give him a personality now, because he certainly never had one up to this point. I, thought, I preferred him when he was just a funny little cameo. He, he's he's just like a name that gets mentioned every yeah. now and then. This is why I didn't get it. Like, Tracy didn't know who this guy was. Sonny Steve never shuts up about him. If I was to mention, you know, you know who I'm nerdily obsessed with. Um, so I don't really buy that she didn't know straight away. And it makes me wonder 
how long it's going to be before she realises who he is. But, will, he have, okay. will she have got him to drop his drawers? Or is he going to take his trousers down and he's got, like, football underpants down there? And she's like, now I know where I know you're not from. tell her who he was then? He, no, he says I'm Tommy Orpington, but not I'm Tommy Orpington, the, 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 the Weatherfield second famous footballer after James Bailey, young superstar extraordinaire. Yeah. Um, okay. But anyway, that's uh, that's assumingly where that's going. But who really was asking for Tommy Orpington back? Really, that's kind of scraping it, isn't it? No, not 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 really. You know, but just it's bringing in another from new the perspective character. Of we new don't need person. more new characters. We need to get rid of all the ones that are dead weight. And you know the worst bit about this is Miss is is Doctor Gaddas still hasn't got a storyline, uh, and this would be the perfect opportunity because um, well maybe Gaddas and Tracy because we know that Tracy has had many a lesbian affair behind bars apparently. Oh well, maybe if they um, start barring up the well, the windows are barred up, aren't they, at the medical centre? They are. She gets too close to those, she might get amorous. Right, Gemma, let's give it all you've got. Final story: Rovers return back for New Year's Eve. What's Jenny and Tracy been? Uh, Jenny and Daisy been up to in tonight's episode? So we only had to Fridays. We did. Jenny does this very very long classic Corey fake out, <laughs> where she even on the phone to the person he's like telling her you got the you got the pub. She's like, oh, thanks for letting me know. The one's like, what the hell? I think she didn't understand what I said. Anyway, I, the pub's I was, there. I was really confused at the beginning of this episode because. I'd heard um, the spoiler mill saying that Jenny's going to be opening the pub again. And when she was talking to Daisy at the beginning of the episode saying, oh, well, yeah, haven't got it. I was like, really? Is this a yeah. fake out? She's and she was just, fake out. She, that was a masterful fake out. That was the longest anyone has ever been faked out on Coronation yeah. Street history. Because I was watching this going, but how are they going to get it in time for New Year's Eve then? Yeah, it was, she, she dragged it on for so then. long that oh, I actually anyway. believed it. But anyway, they've Daisy, got the pub. Daisy's starting to come up with all this, uh, these ideas and we're starting to see the genesis of this clash where I'm sure that's going to come from two very strong-minded women both thinking they're in charge. Yes, with she different ideas about revamp, what makes a good She wants a revamp, she wants pool table, she wants a pizza oven, she wants a picture wall for Instagram. Oh, this is where we can talk about our Christmas present. We got a Chris, we got a pizza oven from your mum and dad, didn't we, this Christmas? Yeah. That's exciting. We yeah. didn't even talk about our Christmas presents at all. Gemma got me a lovely charging stand for my For my, your travels, but you... It's supposed to be for when you go travelling, but you've just put it next to your bed now. I've got to try it out, and you know, at other times of the year. I've got lots of chocolate, but yeah, pizza oven, brilliant. Mm, yes, we'll let, we'll let Jenny know how it is and whether yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, should do. Um, Je- Jenny just wants to keep everything the, the same. Daniel comes in, he wants to meet up with Daisy later, so she wonders what it could be. Jenny thinks he might be wanting to get back with her, but no, it seems to be that he wants to give her a picture that Bertie drew. Of the three of them, Bertie's been missing her, she's been missing him, but they're not getting back together. And then Daisy says, by the way, we're getting the robes back. What the hell does Daniel... Daniel could have given her the picture when he went to say he wanted to meet her up with her. Well, when did he was in the cafe, wasn't he, when he saw her? He probably doesn't carry this picture around with him. Take Just a picture of it. I know that coincidental bumpings into the part and parcel of everyday life if you're a resident of uh, Coronation Street. But... Maybe he wanted to give it to her so she could take it home. Yeah. In which case you're like, no, you're all right. 
you can keep this. Picture. I think I don't even think that I was Daniel in the picture. I think that was Rita, that, that auburn glitter. Who was that supposed to be? That was supposed to be Daniel. But Daniel doesn't have orange hair. Well, you go and critique that. He's like to his face. Artistic license. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she says the money's from a bank loan. Jenny comes back. She's bought an air fryer. And Daisy says she wants to open the pub for New, New York New York Eve. <laughs> <laughs> New Year's Eve. And the water says it's okay. And Jenny's, yay. What was that sign for? Well, yeah, okay. Magic fairies w- uh, waved a wand, so don't ask questions. Jenny Things thrilled. happened very quickly. Do you remember when Jenny and Johnny took over the pub and it was theirs within a matter of yeah, days? Yeah. This is the quickest transfer of property I think Coronation Street has ever seen. Yeah. And I was a bit confused about what Waterfords had got to sit. I didn't think that they were involved with it anymore. I've lost complete track of this. So wow. Waterfords took over the pub and then they were going to wouldn't, open it, but then they didn't want to. Wouldn't happen in real life, but I we won't. I thought they bought it off of water. I don't know. We don't care to comment. No, all that matters is that come Sunday night, the Rovers is going to be buzzing again, just in time for Christmas Eve, just in time for the camera to pan up above it and have fake CGI fireworks. I wonder what's going to... What's that? It's the pizza ovens exploding. (laughs) I wonder, like, is there going to be... Because I think for the last couple of years, there's been drama on the stroke of midnight, where, like, last year... Oh, I wonder what it could be this year. What do you think? Go on. No, you last, got, year well, no, last year, do you remember? It was Teddy's eyes opening up in hospital because oh. he'd been smashed by that van, hadn't he? Do you remember he opened his eyes and the little beep, 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 beep oh, machine is yeah, reflected in it? It's terrible. And then was it the year before at Christmas? I think that was Sally having a wee in Victoria Gardens. But at the same time, um, Faye was confessing to someone or other that she was the one that clonked Adam on the head, maybe. Um, but yeah, maybe there is something else. Gemma's just typed a spoiler in front of me. You know me. what that is. I do know that that spoiler is happening, but I don't know whether that's a stroke of midnight spoiler. Who have knows? To, we'll have to see, won't we? Um, anyway, we're not going to be able to watch it on Sunday night because we're going out to a party. Only cool people. social only, butterflies Only losers are. watch it on New Year's Eve. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> Out my back. I wish I was. I'd rather be oh, no, watching Coronation think, Street. That's exactly than... <laughs> why you're a loser. <laughs> okay. That's it. That's everything that that's happened it. in Coronation Street this week. What a lot happened this week. What a lot to talk about. Wow, and there's even more episode. coming up in the news later because um, that has also generated a bit of discussion this week. But um, what you're rating it, Gemma? Oh my goodness! <laughs> right, so we got we got Carla, right, we got I, Peter, we got we got Bobby. I just want to say that the the usual kind of retort to the Christmas ratings thing um, is, or like, who had the best episode? Is that Corey's like, well, we're not in competition about who's got the best Christmas episode. Carnation Street Christmas episodes aren't <coughs> supposed to be competing with, with EastEnders. It's just not, we're not doing all that big soapy drama, drama stuff. Like, you can't stand on the starting line and then say you're not racing. You are. It doesn't matter whether you think you are or whether you want to. You're in competition. You are going to be judged on your ratings. You can't just say I'm not doing it. It's really hard because EastEnders has been bigging up this Christmas episode all year and it would almost be impossible to compete 
but they didn't even try is what i'm trying to say mm. um and y- you know you have Su- super soap week and britain's got talent week and stuff which seems to be where Corey wants to push the ratings but nobody's saying oh what's eastenders doing for super soap week because eastenders doesn't do super Su- super soap week that's an itv thing only mm. so the only time people are looking at the ratings and going oh who got the best ratings is christmas day We'll talk about the ratings. Perhaps they needed to put a bit more thought into how is this being perceived because perception is part of the struggle that soaps are going to be battling um, to try to make people watch them. Nobody wants to watch something that everyone's decided is, you know, past it. And if they keep performing poorly during pivotal moments, that will be the impression and that will, will be... A contributing factor. Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, what we've got in it? We got a character. Character of the week's a tricky one this week. It's been quite a, a ensemble. You know, it's got to be. It Carol has been or a Peter, proper, I guess maybe. It has been a proper ensemble cast. Um, I'm gonna say Peter. I mean, I might. Even though I might. He lost his damn mind. Do you want to? Do you want to uh, justify your decision? Because he's not in it anymore. Any other things than that? He did a great performance. Great. I'm going to give it to Dee Dee this week. Oh, nice. Dee Dee Bailey, because um, she stood by her dad, mostly, when uh, everybody else was trying to sling him out of the house, um, and she didn't report him to the police after she found out all the other mischief that he's been getting up to as well. And genuinely, I just really thought that she was lovely this week, and... um, yeah, she was, yeah. That's... She's always been the nicest Bailey. Yeah, she has. She has. So I'm giving it to her. Um, scores, Jesus though. would be proud of her. Yes. Um, mm. Uh, mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you got a score? In, have you got an idea in mind about what, what you're going to give it? I've got... Mm, mm. I think I might give it... I think I might give it two and a half piss, yeah. <laughs> two and a half pissoirs out of five. I'm sorry, but I'm giving it two and a half as well. <laughs> oh, two God. and a half mouldy pizzas down the back of Eileen's sofa. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a great week. It's was because it? it wasn't just a bad week. It it was a week that should have been good. It was a week that was was supposed to have, yeah, and and they they had a big episode. They had a character leaving. They had a new character arriving. It's Christmas, everyone's watching TV, everyone's talking about Christmas telly, even if they're not watching it, and this was an opportunity that was not used at all. The thing, it's not true to say anymore that people are watching TV. Even up until five years ago, it would be true to say that. But well, I hate what, it the, the, the highest that. the highest rated thing on Christmas Day this year was the King's Speech, and that got what seven, 7. seven and a half million, yeah. So gone are the days when it's you know in the teens, the top the, the viewing figures. People don't watch as much TV, or there's so there's no, so much I variation. Hate it when say that. It's not people don't watch TV. People consume more content, visual content, than they ever have before. They don't watch television when it's scheduled. That's a completely different thing. Well, we have to, with the ratings and everything, we'll have to see what happens when the consolidated figures come in. But I, I, I don't think there's the same competition. I think that people are doing other things a little bit more now. But anyway, anyway, we're not... Well, we're not talk. basket weaving, are we? We're all watching trash. It doesn't matter whether it's on, you know, somebody told you you've got to watch this trash at nine o'clock or you go on Netflix and watch it when you want. It's all, it's all crap at the end of the day. Very true. It's all the same thing. Well, 
maybe next week's Coronation Street will be better. Maybe we'll enjoy it more. Let's, uh, here's to a positivity <laughs> for 2024. 2024, my New Year's resolution is every episode, every week of Coronation Street, we're going to get a five out of five. Yes, but you've got to work for it, Cory. Let's, uh, let's move on to some yeah, news. Yeah, we think we should. News time. Okay, we've been dilly-dallying around this long enough. We've been we've been talking about the viewing figures, and I think that we need to... Um, we, uh, we I don't know why we didn't really mention it in Street Talk, really, but I suppose we've we did. Gotta, well, no, we didn't We didn't give the numbers, but I suppose we've got to leave some kind of cold, hard facts to the cabin section. Otherwise, what's the point? What is the point of this section of the podcast? It came out on Boxing Day. It was fairly quick after Christmas when the viewing figures came out. And the big news, this was the headlines with anybody who bothered to report this, Coronation Street, not in the top ten for Christmas Day TV for the first time in, well, a very long time since... Uh, ten years or something? It's, well, I think it's probably longer. It's probably like a good 20 years or so. Coronation Street is always in the top ten of things on Christmas Day. And this year, it, well, it was unranked. As pretty as far as we could tell, it wasn't unranked. It was well, it was out of the top ten, but we—I don't think that in what we saw, um, where it actually it came. But um, it can't have been that far behind because I think it was maybe seventh in the ratings out of ten was EastEnders, and that got three point five eight million viewers. Coronation Street, two point six million viewers. Emmerdale. 1.92 million viewers. That is shocking. That compared, it it really doesn't feel like that long ago that the that the soaps were getting eight, nine, ten plus. Uh, I'd be interesting to look back on the um the early years of the podcast when we probably reported the Christmas Day figures to see how many it used to get then. But they have really, really sunk to an all time low here. Although this isn't that much different to what Coronation Street got last year. I think it was a maybe a. 400,000 drop or something. It's, it's not huge. East Emmerdale has dropped by, it was a bit more compared to last year. EastEnders is up in the ratings. Um, but I suppose it's it's not surprising because of everything that had been publicised about EastEnders. If anything, you might say, I'm surprised more people didn't watch EastEnders after all the publicity. Well, Boxing Day ratings, Coronation Street got 3 million, so that's up. East uh, Emmerdale got whenever I see it, it says written ED it looks like erectile dysfunction <laughs> Emmerdale right. got 2.7 up and EastEnders got 2.6 they they lost a million they, viewers overnight yeah. so these are the only over the overnight figures as well so the way that things work these days obviously is lots of people are watching late or streaming I mean, people would video it and watch it later back in the day added both both of them early on Christmas day and Boxing yes. Day. But yeah, EastEnders was on quite late on Christmas Day though, wasn't it? That was at 9.45, I think. So Maybe to get... that helped. Maybe it did, I don't know. Because things weren't clashing, the kids had gone to bed. Um, you know, EastEnders lost a million. Corey got, you know, three, you know, an extra four, was it? 400,000. So yeah. they didn't really, they, they sort of maintained themselves. And in the world of media, I think, having a steady rudder is better than having lots of ups and downs. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, from this news, I'm not particularly any more concerned about Corrie's ratings than I had been beforehand. Everybody loves to get hysterical about this. Yeah, Coronation Street is still at the top of the ratings soap-wise, always, isn't it? it? It used to be a little bit more, sometimes it's Curry, sometimes it's EastEnders, it would never be Emmerdale, but for this past, I don't know how many years now, EastEnders has been below 
Corey and Emmerdale, I think, consistently. I'm sure this people is, will write in and prove me wrong about that, but that's I my mean, general impression. I don't follow them very much. This is just a stunning turnaround for EastEnders rather than being a real negative on Corrie. It's just because it, it's not in the top ten. And yeah, the, that's the headline, isn't yeah, it? That's what people um, are noticing. The lowest number on the top ten was 3.35, so Corrie missed out by half a million on... Tabby McTat <laughs> on BBC One. Um, no, no, there was more than that because it was that was there was about seven oh, yeah, seven hundred thousand no, no, between right, those. Right, so right, it was, right. um, yeah, I, not particularly concerned, not particularly surprised. There was no hype whatsoever for Coronation Street on on Christmas Day. We've already said that maybe there should be, and I don't necessarily agree with the direction that Corrie took for Christmas Day this year. But it did seem like they've decided we're not gonna we're not gonna try and fight that battle this year. We I mean also we talk about it being Coronation Street's decision. Probably I don't know I I don't know how much of this comes down to the schedule. How much does ITV have to play in this? Do they say, right, this year you're not doing anything big for Christmas or you know, this year you've got half an hour? Or is it is it Coronation Street's decision? I, I really don't know. But at the, the end of the day, all viewing figures for everything are going down. Apart from EastEnders, they've been doing really well in this last year. Chris Clanshaw, the new producer, has come in and he has really turned things around for EastEnders. But that's only because EastEnders had been doing a whole lot worse before he came in. People were ragging on EastEnders and saying in the how in the doldrums it had been for for a good few years before he came around. And you know maybe we'll be in a different situation this time next year because Corrie and Emmerdale have been going down. I think at the beginning of 2023 it was kind of averaging around 5 million and now it's now it's 4. So it's definitely lost over the year and if this trajectory keeps on going then EastEnders is going to overtake it. Maybe that's what's going to make the higher-ups at ITV finally take notice. But... Um, at the moment, as long as it's still bringing the advertising revenue in, then things are okay. The question is, is it still bringing the advertising revenue in? I don't know. And that's what this this uh, this article in the Mail that came out a few days before Christmas was talking about, isn't it? Because the the other big drama in Coronation Street is finished. The writing is on the wall. Kind of talk was that due to budget cuts, falling viewing figures, there's the possibility that. East, oh, Emmerdale and Coronation Street are going to be like streaming first and this is the first step between, to, to them being cancelled well they're not going to cancel them are they do you think there's any any concern whatsoever with that but I'm fed up of talking about it I am I am every single time we just have the same conversation I just get I'm so sick of it do you not do you know do you know what I mean okay so um Looking at the the viewing figures, that Christmas Day was pretty bad because um, Coronation Street Coropedia has the um, like a ranking of the the viewing figures and um, the, the the highs and the lows. So, Corrie, the highest I think this year was five and a half million. The lowest was three and a half million. Well, but how, uh, until until Christmas. <laughs> until Christmas. And then, so 4.5 million, Christmas Day, the only thing that would have beaten that was Strictly Come Dancing Christmas Special, which got 5.2. Yeah. 
nine million, mm. right? So Doctor Who, four point seven three million. Coronation Street's done higher than that. Yeah, generally, Corey, generally this Corey this is does a show is that that regularly healthy. is watched by millions of people every week in more than one country. Millions of people watch this show. What do you want me to say? If I'm, if I, I, we just have this conversation. Yes, the viewing figures go down every year. I'm not especially concerned about this mail article because I, I can't believe that there's any chance that in the near future, at least, they're going to be airing them exclusively on ITVX. I think that the notion of that is ridiculous. And yes, it's true that some of the other types of programme that they can make a lot cheaper, like the, you know, the the, um, Fly on the Wall documentaries or the the celebrity reality TV things, they probably can bring in a fair bit of money. But I think that I I can't see a situation... I mean, Hollyoaks has gone um, Digital. digital... Bef- first, hasn't it? Or is it digital completely now? I, I can't know. remember. EastEnders uploads things to BBC iPlayer at the beginning of the week. This is what this was, uh, you know, a few years ago when there was the 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 rumor that this was happening for Coronation Street. That was my worst nightmare, and I would still hate it. Those weeks where Coronation Street was for the football or whatever reason put on uh, on ITV Hub as it was then first. I really I didn't like that. I like the idea of watching it at a regular time during the week. That I'm not, you know forcing myself to watch them early because of what I'm worried about spoilers and I I don't I don't know how many spoilers do go out there on EastEnders with the early uploads but you know as as a podcast about Coronation Street we would feel compelled to to watch it on Mondays if it was put up on Mondays and I don't don't really fancy that um so I'm not particularly worried about that um the other the other thing in this mail article was saying that they're considering cutting the number of episodes. They're this just is talking what people, out of their ass. They are a bit. They're I think, talking out of their ass. Who cares what they say? I could make an article and say the same thing. This is just crapped out by somebody who doesn't care or know anything. There's nothing new in here at all. I don't. How how would you feel about fewer episodes? Because it seems like Let's the, work for me. the thing to say at the moment is that's what it, that's what's going to save Coronation They're gonna Street. Get rid New of... producer, fewer episodes, there and everything's so hunky dory. I don't there's know. There's so many things you could do before you cut episodes. They're not cutting episodes because that's revenue. Yeah, that's revenue. But this is stupid. It doesn't work like that. It depends. I don't know how much episodes cost to make. It depends whether it's swings and roundabouts if you lose money from revenue, but you're actually not spending the well, money that it costs to make the episodes. No I, I, I don't know. I I wouldn't... I, I suppose I'd be a bit sad if they cut down the number of episodes. Yeah, it would mean less podcast work, it's true. But I'm not of the camp that six episodes a week, as it kind of is at the moment, is inherently a bad thing. I think that they they've generally got plenty to fill that half an hour and you still got so many characters that we never get to see or hear about or because of the block filming techniques that that, that they use that we don't see from for months on end i don't i don't have a problem i quite like the three episodes a week that are an hour long format um but if they were to reduce them then 
so be it. But I, I don't think I really, really, really don't think that that's on the cards at the moment. I think things are going well enough the way they are. But we'll have to see. Um, on to more positive news, Gemma. Corey versus Emmerdale quiz. Yep, happened, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Speak nicely about it. Let's have. Let's talk about. I'm some... just mad. I just get fed up with it. Well, let's talk about something good then. Curry won the quiz yesterday. Yeah, they did. They did. We watched it this morning. No, well, it was about lunchtime today, wasn't it? Because we were winging our you way back from Derby yesterday. Correct. What time we watched it? Well, whenever it was, I thought that I thought it was a fun. I still think that they they take too long introducing the teams at the beginning. I think they give it more of it. Did did you did you enjoy the show? Yep. Any favourite bits? Um, I like the bit where they won. <laughs> I thought it was Shanique a... was great, really good, and I thought... Oh yeah, who was, who was it? Shanique, Sterling Brown and Tony Morsley, Tony Morsley and Jack, of course, heading up Team Corey and and Marlon and a couple of you others that we haven't heard. Do you reckon? Get rid of Marlon. He he Why wasn't he as so strong good? as he usually is. He's usually pretty good as uh, yeah. Mark Charnock. He had, a, he had a stroke. That was his character, don't worry. Um, I I think that... It, oh, we had Stephen Arnold appear, didn't we, as the mystery who's this Corrie Gester in the past. So we got to see what Ashley Peacock would look like if he was still in the show now. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Um, it was, you know, this is the 10th year running that they've been doing it now. We're now on 5-5. Five, five. Um, I'm still not getting bored with it, but... Um, yeah, I want him to carry on forever. I think I think that what that I think that Jack needs to do a bit more practice on the final round, don't you? Yeah, he. That's where we lose it sometimes. We meaning our team. The final. Oh, sorry, I'm just drinking a bit. The final round. Where being... they go? Um, what's this quick round of things, isn't it? You got to describe a picture to everybody without using the words on the screen. Yes, a famous Corey item yeah. or, or Emmerdale thing appears on the screen, and they get yeah. Jack's not very good at it. But I'm gonna say they they put what was it they did? They said back alley. Oh yeah, back Why alley didn't you was just a. Say Ginnell? Yeah, that was weird. And what other rounds did they that's have? That's what it's called. Today? It's not called the back alley. Oh, they had the funny um, who's that singing round, didn't they? Where yeah. they had to guess. And the clips who it was. Anyway, Corey won, but it was a close run thing. And that I think this is the first time they've ever had to do a tiebreaker that I remember. What was it that they did? How many soap awards of Emmerdale and Corey won yeah, in total over the funny. year? I think um, they have done a tiebreaker before. Um, but anyway, luckily for Coronation Street, um, Emmerdale completely overestimated how popular they'd been in the last 20 years of the Soap Awards. And what was it, 160 odd that they'd have won together? I think I said 110, so I, I was said 200. So but, I still would have won. Yeah. Anyway, um, not only did Corrie win that this week, but they're on a bit of a winning streak because they did. Uh, they, they came first in the Get Britain Singing competition last weekend as well, where Claire Sweeney, Vinter Morgan, Lisa George, Cheryl Houston and Molly Gallagher had a jolly good old sing of Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and they won. And um, apparently there are a load of disgruntled EastEnders viewers who think that Team Wolford should have won there, but I say it's just sour grapes. Good job, Coronation Street. Well done. I loved it. You didn't watch it, you big liar. No. <laughs> See, Abby knows. Abby didn't watch either. <laughs> um, shall we come back and do a bit of mini cabin extra later? Yeah. Okay. We'll do feedback now. Do feedback first. 
Okay, time for the feedback. A uh, little bit of email this week. Gemma, what can people do if they want to email us? What's our email address? Conversationstreet at gmail.com. Say that again. Conversationstreet at gmail.com. Do it, do it. Send us an email just like these lovely people have today. But first, Conversation Street Facebook group. What did they give the pre-Christmas week? 3.29 out of 5. That's not too bad. Fiona gave it three... Is that how many millions of people saw it? <laughs> yes, exactly that many. Fiona gave it three passwords on a postcard out of five. Pat, three and a half bodice rippers out of five. And Jonathan was my pick of the week who gave it three inappropriate driving-based presents for a man who just killed someone while at the wheel of his car out of five. <laughs> Thank you very much to everybody who voted on our poll. And we'll be putting a new one up on Facebook in the morning. Chris has emailed us this week saying, What on earth was that all about? Which yeah, episodes what, are you what? finding? This is this is about the Boxing Day episode, Gemma. So um, right, this sounds like what, you might be on what? the same page yeah. as us here. The actors did a fine job of making us believe that Carla and Peter really do care for each other, which to me never seemed particularly apparent before, and it consequently it felt like they needed a much less flimsy reason to split up. This is shocking. This isn't on the same page as me at all. I kind of I believed that they were a happy couple, didn't you? Yes. I think, yeah, as with all couples on Coronation Street, it seems at the moment, we barely get to see them together. And often when we do, it's when they're having some kind of marital crisis. But I think I think that they, they're, uh, they're well suited to each other. Mm. Um, that's assuming, come back to Chris now, that's assuming Peter does go through with it, though. And the next episode doesn't start with him changing his mind at the check-in desk. We've had such false alarms before, so you never know what we do know now. Um, Christmas Day was a bit better, though, with Evelyn's heart clearly melting when she received her gift from Roy, and I'm enjoying Ed's struggle with the guilt at letting his family down. But I don't think this year's festive offerings are going to live long in the memory, are they? What happened? This is what we said, um, one of the things I said about the Christmas Day episode the other day. When you look back at a year of Christmas, whether you think it a Christmas Corrie... What? They're often when you when you say you you know what happened in Christmas, name a year and coronation tree. Right. Oh yes, that was the year when such and such happened. Yeah, yeah. Whether you like it or not, and there have been some really brilliant moments at Christmas, like you know the old knicker debacle with Rosie and Rosie and Fizz and yeah. The, um, and the, and the David ruining Christmas lunch when he had Ivy's diary and and there's been various other brilliant ones. And then you the got Nick what, fight, the Nick and Peter fight. I really enjoyed the Christmas Winter Wonderland horror where Shona got um, shot Shona in a box. box, but I know it wasn't for everybody. And there have been other ones that people haven't liked as much. I mean, people might look back at Tyrone's um, best Christmas ever for dying cancerous hope and go, that was a bit of a dodgy year. But one way or another, there's usually something memorable, for better or for worse, about Christmas Day Coronation Street. And I just can't see people looking back at this year's Christmas episode and going, oh yeah, 2023, that was the one where Mary bounced well, on a ball. I, I do think everyone's going to remember the... I'm so sorry. That was Colour, a really good yawn Colour and Peter thing. Everyone's going to remember it, but whether they remember it because it was good or not good. I think people will remember the Boxing Day episode. Yeah, that's what I just said. But the Christmas Day episode itself, and this yeah. is what Chris has said, not going to live long in... Me- well, right. I suppose it was talking about the Carla and Peter as well, so it's going to be memorable for Festive that sense. Offerings. But, um, yeah, I've, there should have just been a, something, something more memorable. I don't know. It was, you know, it's on the long... The, I suppose we still remember Ken's Christmas bell ringing, and that's a bit of a joke. 
And that's probably along the, the same lines as, as Gemma walking down the street with a stolen bush of holly. What did and... happen? I suppose the Bernie singing away in a manger was supposed to be mm. a hook. Everybody what getting upset happened? that there was a set menu at the bistro when that they were told funny. when they booked and when they came in through the door or when they got Nick, to confirm their reservation. Leanne and Toya all drinking at once because they hate everybody it was classic. <laughs> But not classic enough to be a Christmas not memory. Not classic enough, no. Anyway, well, I hope you enjoyed the Thanks, rest of the Chris. week, Chris. Um, do you want to see what Rebecca has? Uh, Rebecca uh, said, I love the Jenny and Daisy stuff. I have a horrible feeling that they might be caught by May. Ah, that Britain's Got Talent Week. I wouldn't mind seeing Daisy in jail. However, Jenny needs to keep the rovers. I have a theory as to who could be the second mystery bidder. Well, that's what it. Was it? Yeah, didn't, didn't that, matter in the end. No, in it? the end, that whole mystery bidding thing was that just to put just things to make on it pause? seem like. Oh, there's more than one person, so they might not get the rovers. But they, they built no tension from the announcement that there was a mystery bidder to now. The story just went on hold, didn't it? I wonder well, whether that was the whole point. If there wasn't going to be a mis- if there wasn't going to be a closed bid, then they would have got the pub yeah, exactly. a few weeks ago. But they weren't ready for it then. I don't. I don't they say it's much more realistic for them to get it the day before New Year's Eve and open it within twenty four hours than it would be for them to have it two weeks to get prepared. Odd. Unusual. Oh, well. Speaking of theories, I think it could be divorce papers Carla's giving to Peter for Christmas. I loved all the Peter and Carla stuff this week and Chris and Ali play off each other so well and I loved meeting Val. Character of the week is Jenny, although Ed and Peter are close seconds. I give this week three and a half jigsaw puzzles of a sinking ship <laughs> out of five. Um, and Nancy has pointed out the hot tub scene or something that she enjoyed about last week's Coronation Street. Um... And particularly, I uh, also enjoyed the uh, the support group scenes with uh, Carla and Peter too, and the photo album as well. Cassie trying to make sure Evelyn has a nice Christmas with Roy was sweet, um, and I always love Cassie and Abby scenes. What's going to happen when Abby just suffers the scratch on the car though? Um, I give this week's four car scratches out of five, with the character of the week being Peter. Well thank done. you very much. Thank you, everybody. Who's been in touch with us, and thank you for all the well wishes on our Facebook group and Twitter. It's and been really nice seeing and... everybody's Christmas messages and saying um, how much they've enjoyed the podcast, and we really like making it for you. So I'm glad that you enjoy it. Yes, and thank you to everybody. I can't believe I think I missed this out last week's episode mentioning the Conversation Street Awards, which are happening very very soon. <laughs> Yes, we've got Get the results. ready for that. They've we've been got, counted and verified. Yeah, the results, the results, uh, the voting stopped on Christmas Eve, but we didn't even have a look at the results until, was it the 26th, 27th maybe even? We left it very late this year to find out who the winners are. Ooh, let me tell you, there's some shocks. I... I don't know, you might not be shocked, but hopefully it'll get you well, tuning you in. you voted for it, so you You voted. We're all going to find out. We've already had a couple of acceptance speeches from you some of expect, the winners. You can't expect, can expect most expect gracious some. thanks from some of our winners. <laughs> um, yeah, as always, we, I'm sure we won't get something from, from everybody, but we've got a few at least already. And then, so Gosh, that's much more than we ever would have thought possible. So, and oh, it's yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's always very lucky that we, we get any at all. And, uh, but and, that's just us down to us, yeah. Just like Coronation Street, our viewing figures go down by about a million every year. <laughs> so we're just glad, really, that anyone's left at this point. Quite. Um, anyway, Do you think at one point there's going to be a, a there's going to be a moment where us and Corrie have the same amount. 
Oh. No. <laughs> I think that will not happen. But you never know. You never um, know. So we're ho- I think we're going to try and record that over the weekend at some point, aren't we? I know that if you're a Patreon member, um, you're looking for December's Patreon episode, which is our top five scenes of 2023. I've got my top five sorted. Gemma's still not quite got hers ready yet. You're ruminating on it a little bit longer, aren't I you? I don't but... know why I waited for this week, because I could have done it. Well, I did... I did Nothing I, from we, this week, We could have it? done it earlier in December, but honestly, in my head I was thinking, what if there's some brilliant Christmas scene that we need to mention, or what if there's something from the Carla and Peter, and, well, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but there isn't anything from this week's Carla and Peter scenes I'm in my top five mean. scenes of the year. But anyway, mine are all ready, just waiting for Gemma, but um, we, they... Oh, uh, there shut is a, up. I'm just saying that. We couldn't like, have done it. I know, I know. But, um... We've got um, until the end of the weekend to get that one out because it is New Year starting on Monday. And then back to work. What are you going to do with it? Put it on Patreon. No, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Oh, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. It's too late just to think about that. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Now, we are going to um, do a little mini cabin extra in just a bit to talk about some of the um, rumours in the press that have appeared over the last few days about various cast related things. Um, If you've been unable to avoid them, similar with us, you probably know what we're talking about already but if you have managed and are wanting to stay completely spoiler free, you might want to turn off now. Yeah. I think we've given turn everybody enough. What, turn off Have you done all the conversations straight at Gmail on Twitter? No, I haven't done any of that. Do you want to do that? Well, no. <laughs> do you want me to do that? Hey, everybody, if you'd like to get in touch with us or follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram. We're on X. We're on Twitter. No, that says X, sorry. Spotify. We're on Facebook. We've had a few people join our Facebook group this week. Hello, hello. Don't forget our YouTube channel. It's been a little bit empty. We've not been able to do any Street Talk shorts this week because we have not been here. And obviously, we're not going to do one on Sunday either because we are partying it up on Sunday night. But We'll be back next week with those because I know that some of you really enjoy those. Is that enough? Is that enough bumper? You've got to go people? away now. If you don't want to hear what we're going to say, you shouldn't have even started. Gemma, I'm going to pass over to you to reveal the shocking rumours. They're not, not rumours. But there's nothing they, been 100% confirmed, confirmed for either of them yet. But we are going to But I think it's worth talking about anyway. The next year, two departures oh of gosh. characters. Um, which... <laughs> Which was? I was going to say that horrible. I won't. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll some say people it. might I'll be happy it. about, it and I'll some people it. not. Some people wouldn't even necessarily notice for a while that these two characters are gone. Who are they, Gemma? Simon and Beth. Simon and Beth. So it was yeah, both a double and that's whammy no bad of reflection rumored on, departures. That's no bad reflection on either of them as as actors or people because there's just not enough time in the in the episodes to give everybody a, a, a role but you have seen hiding her hair of beth no not really they had that storyline where she was mooning after marco and yeah. didn't go anywhere well it kind of did but we didn't like it so forget it happened and <laughs> and simon is just one of the most thoroughly unpleasant people he's not un- he's he not is unpleasant. unpleasant he's just always grimacing he's just a bit of a grump he's sour faced it's not. It's the. It's the. I say. I say it again. It's the the characters, and they can only do what they've got given. It's been very. But both it's of been, them are unpleasant. It's been patently clear for many years that Coronation Street has no desire to do anything with Simon Barlow. They've either not got the ideas, or they just you know don't think that they've 
that he's worth developing as a character. I know that Alex Bain has been on paternity looking after his kids for a bit of the time, but even when he's been here, he's been severely underused. He's hardly got any episodes in any years. So it's going to make very little difference to the show with him disappearing off. And and honestly, similar with Beth. Now, she obviously had to take a fair bit of time off during um, lockdown, um, but she's been back. She's been on a little bit more since then, but there's not been big stories. Like you, you said, the Marco uh, thing this year, that breakup with Kirk was completely... What seismic storyline that was. Yeah, who cares? Are they back together? Yeah, I think so, but does it make any difference? Beth is a, has become a very, very unpleasant character, but she's been a character that we haven't seen very much of. And... Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if what we get in... I think they're both rumoured to be going in the summer, aren't they? If if it does indeed turn out to be true, is that we get, you know, a week and a half, two-week story where Marco shows back on the scene again. I did, I did Kirk find out about her and Marco? I don't remember. But I think that she's just going to go off with him, and that's going to be that. I, I don't think that Corey wants to invest in a big... Shocking departure for Beth. It's going to be a no, bit of a I phase sort of exit story. I'm not going to be surprised if... Because... <sighs> yeah. What? The thing is, this, they're so frustrating to me because the, we all know the cast needs needs trimming down. I, I think that these two characters would have been on the lists of people who wanted to trim down. Sure. I don't think many people are upset these characters are going. I think that's a shame because I think... Both of them have potential. I think both the actors are good. I think that if they had more time to develop them, they'd be great. Lisa George, I mean, Lisa George has shown us that she's a good actress. She was particularly good during the Sinead story, and and during that story, or the, you know the Sinead dying story, that took her out of the grumpy, grouchy Grinch that she turned into. And she was a really sympathetic character for a little while, but then she just reverted back to type. But when she came into the programme, she she wasn't like how she yes. is now. She she has been really positive and fun. And when she came in, people were saying, oh, she's the new Scylla or Janice Battersby kind of character. But she wasn't. She was lovely. The relationship that she had with Craig was brilliant. She was really kind of positive and fun character, but she's just evolved into this now, grouch. it's it's... You know, I've I've always thought this, and this, you know, I think it's true. You can't just have nice people on Corrie. You've got to have antagonists. But the trouble with Beth is that she never drove drove the plot, really, no. by being a bitch. She just was a bitch, and that's a, that's a different thing altogether. But you know, I don't, I didn't really mind her. But at the end of the day, you've got how many characters you don't need. Mm. Don't need all these extra characters. Now, the frustrating thing I was getting to is that we've already replaced them. They haven't even gone yet. We've already got two new characters. We've already got Tommy and we've already got um, Bobby. Uh-huh. Why the hell? Just, can we get... We need to get rid... It's like it's like um, Ian McLeod. As soon as one person leaves, two people come and join the show. Mm. We need to get rid of people. Well, they're not the only one. We're in the spoiler section of the podcast at the moment. <laughs> we got Bethany coming, haven't we? We've got yeah. um, we've got um, Damon Hay is coming back very yeah, we've soon. we've already got so within got the four, next week or so. Four characters arriving or reappearing in the space of two weeks. We know we know two people are leaving next year, and that's that's all we know so far. There could be more. I don't know. Um, the the press always loves to spin it like they're quitting because they the show's bad and they don't want to be in it anymore. I don't believe that for a minute. 
because it's not just suddenly got bad. And it's certainly not got bad for those characters overnight, has it? No. It's been bad for them for a long time. Um, so, I mean, I would love to see Simon come back I, I think, as a different actor. Yeah, I, I, I've said many times before in the last year and a half, I had a really nice chat with Alex Bain um, when, really when we saw him in Manchester. He, was, he really came nice. across as a really nice guy from you know, the, the 10, 15 minutes that we were chatting with him and he didn't need to chat with us. Um, and I, I think that Simon Barlow should be a really, Major really character. important... As a Barlow clan member, the number one family of the street, with, he's there to carry on the legacy. He should be thick and thin, uh, thick, as, thick as thieves with Adam and Daniel. They should be the big three Barlows, mm. right? They're, they're, they should be... They're sort of a similar... You know, Simon is, is the, the generation below them. Yeah. But they should recast an older actor... I think just age him up a little bit. Try to get get him as a similar kind of age. I know it doesn't make sense, but they don't care about that. So let's just not care about it either. Hmm. And then let's have some proper, really interesting Barlow-based stories of these three young Barlows. Yeah, I would. It, it feels like Simon will be leaving, and I mean, it doesn't take much of a stretch to say, will he just join Peter on his boat? I assume, <laughs> or yeah. I mean, but, they're doing a good, a good thing at the moment to sort of make him an angry, disillusioned young man yeah. who feels like he hasn't got any place in the world, and that's kind of where really Max should have been going when when he became, you know, a white supremacist. Mm. It feels a bit like Simon might be turning into an incel or something like that. That'd be quite dramatic and fun. Mm. I but, just, I, I think that there is a real opportunity to. To, always... to bring him back, we yeah. had you know we had recasted Daniel coming back when Rob Mallard took over, and the the current Adam hasn't always been Adam. Um, obviously, Peter has had more heads than than most on Coronation Street, so it's it's, it's totally not so it's not doesn't it doesn't say well you got to keep the Barlow line pure we got to keep the same actors. There's been plenty of times when that hasn't been the case, the and, person... and I think that Simon is such an important branch on the family tree that it would be a shame to say, well, he's gone for good now. You can't You cannot scrap Simon. No, but a recasting would would absolutely work for him, I think. I think Ken's probably the only Barlow that's never had a different head. Yeah, I think you're probably right, actually. So... Um, Well, we we will see what happens there. I I hope that he'll he'll be back. Not fussed about Beth. I mean, the big question with Beth is, where does this leave Kirk? Where does this leave Craig? If you're looking for other people to to say goodbye to, you know, sometimes you have to be harsh. Are either of those going to go? I I, I don't know. And I'm really frustrated with Corey because it shouldn't be so easy to say who should go. And it makes me feel bad because these are people's lives and careers that you're talking about. I don't take it slightly at all. I don't like talking about it and it makes me feel bad. But we're not, you know, I'm not here to... I'm not going to pussyfoot around. There are loads of people that don't need to be in the show anymore. Kirk Kirk, is already an an unimportant character and he's going to have even less to do now. Now he he doesn't have his scenes with him loving it up with Beth or walking arm in arm to the factory with her. And they keep talking about dropping viewing figures and they keep talking about, oh, we don't have the budget and, you know, they can't afford to do this, that and the other thing. I, I read an article about budgets needing to be slashed and I just think, I don't know if that's true either. I don't know how much of this is true. And I just think, well, 
I can see a very easy way to save money because I don't think that I think they must be paid more than I will ever get paid in my life. <laughs> sure. Really, you know, so save the money there. Yeah. For the, for how much you pay one one actor on Corey, you can employ me five or six times over. Get more people in doing other things or just save the money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nice You've got to be cutthroat. This is the thing. There's a phrase in writings called kill your darlings, right? You can't be precious about stuff. You can't be nice to people. That's not what the job of being the producer is about. You have to make hard decisions. You have to upset people. You have to let people down. You have to let people go. And it doesn't feel like that's what Corrie is about. And it's really lovely. And I'm sure it creates a safe space for the actors. And it has its benefits in that respect. Because they completely trust Ian McLeod. And they're all on fantastic terms. Mm. But if I'm if I'm like the boss of Ian McLeod or, or you know, ITV or something, and I'm sitting and looking at the figures and I'm reading these articles, oh, oh, Corey's down, blah, 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 and I'm looking at the cast list and I'm looking at how often they're in the show and I'm looking at how much you get paid and I'm thinking, well, no. What's the problem? Yeah, how much does this, this character bring to things? Because even Craig, he's been very much adrift since Faye has gone and... They didn't do a whole lot together, but he's been brought in to do a couple of arrest scenes. Maybe they've got big plans for him in 2020. I don't know. Don't there, know. Aren't, uh, there aren't many shows like Corey in the world, so it's difficult to really judge. But when you're looking at a cast list of, what, 80? Yeah. And you're least. thinking, there are people here who... Honestly, you cut out pff, a third and... People wouldn't know for months because they're not in it enough. You're not doing anyone any favours by keeping them on a, on the back burner. No. You're not doing characters or actors any, any favours when you're not letting them in the show to act. You're, you're kind of hamper, hampering people and you're, you're leading it to a situation whereby you can cut a, a character and people go, good. That's not what anybody wants. No. You've but, got to, and you've got to do what's good for the good of the show. You can't think of, and, and, you know, it has to be the show, show first. It has to be the show first every single time. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, you but can cut... But nobody cut Jenny otherwise. You can cut 20, 20 <laughs> people easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially with all the new ones coming in. Like we say, we've got Bethany, we've got Damon, we've got Tommy Orpington now. I don't know how long some of these are going to be in there for. We've just had Bobby I think some come. of them are short stints um, and some of them are. I think, I think some of them are. I think there's another one that's coming in, but I can't remember whether that one's been announced yet. Um, And believe me, I know, it's horrible to talk about and it's really depressing and sad and I don't want anyone to feel this way but it's the show's put them in this situation. You shouldn't be saying goodbye Beth, I don't care, goodbye Simon, I don't care. Look look back at their heydays of both those characters. Both of them have had really high highs. Simon was like He was the the darling. Everyone loved him. Yes, it's difficult to pivot from a child to a teen to an adult but Corey's done it before with other people. They just haven't done it with Simon. Beth came in. She was ditzy and fun, like you said. She she's she was acerbic, but also kind-hearted. She's lost lo- lots of the things that made her good because there's no time to talk about any of her personality. It's all plot, plot, plot. 
and the, and if they want somebody to snipe, oh, let's have Beth say something, or we need to give Lisa George but, but a line to fine. say, it's easy just to have her snipe and be horrible. Yeah, that kind of character is, is all well and good, but that wasn't what Beth was like to start with. She no. was just a really like loyal, family-orientated person. You, tell, you ask somebody now who's watched Corey for a year, who's Craig's mum? They would say, I don't think she's on the show. Yeah, that's they would. True. You, you, you mm. yeah, some people would be hard pressed to, like you said, know whether she is dating Kirk. Mm-hmm. When when Simon says, "I'm going off to to be with my mum," lots of people are probably think he's his mum. Yeah, they've not got the time for these people. Especially as he's also talks about his flatmates that we don't really don't ever them. see. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, that's uh, we will we will see whether these rumours turn out to be true. But as is, you know, very think... often the case with these stories. These, I'm sure it, they would have come online of, and said, "I'm not going anywhere." Usually, I a think lot of truth behind these. Lisa George was was told that she was leaving like months ago. Yeah, it was rumours. She said, back, "No, I'm not." In the autumn, wasn't it? So yeah. she said that no. Then she's not saying no now. Then I don't. I mean, it is early days. It only was today that that one came out, and it is just past Christmas as well. But as I say, usually these these sources that go in the tabloids and there's a source says blah, 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 blah. 99% of the time they turn out to be true. But anyway, that's that. Um, this is like, Coronation Street's become one of those weird uber-religious families that have television shows made about them where you're like, you have loads of children, but I bet you don't know what their names are. <laughs> Stop having children. Just just while we're here... It's time to kill Just while we're here in this spoilery bit as well, I just wanted oh. to say... No, I just wanted to... I, I really, really, really hope that Bethany's return turns out to be good because she's another character who has had high highs and not-so-good lows. She was absolute Lucy Fallon, absolutely superb in that Nathan grooming storyline. Everybody loved that. That got our Conversation Street Award for Storyline of the Year in 2017, which was a strong, strong year for Coronation Street. Um, but what we saw more recently from her, where she was kind of fawning over Daniel a little bit, and he was snogging her in the ginnel while Sinead was on her last legs that wasn't the best for Bethany and I, I, although I know that she's coming back I don't know a single thing do you know anything at all about what she's going to be up to when she's back because I honestly know nothing just a yes or a no do you know anything I know something okay I know zero about her return and I really 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 hope that it's going to be a good one Lucy Fallon seems like really lovely girl she's always fun on social media so although Bethany wasn't a character that I was gagging to come back um when I heard that she was and this rumor went back to like the summer I think I was thinking okay maybe this is all tied up with when we were when I was thinking that um Sarah Louise was gonna get bumped off during the Stephen week I wondered whether Bethany's return was going to be linked to that um but obviously that didn't come to be but it seems now that what with everything that's going on with Daniel and Daisy and Ryan at the moment it feels like Bethany's just going to go headfirst into that and and with Damon coming back and so obviously that's going to be a it's going to be a bit of a platy beginning of the year it feels like but yeah I'm still apart from knowing that they're both in it I'm uh, I'm staying spoiler free and I hope I haven't spoiled anything for anybody listening here but we well, did warn you section. that this was the spoiler section didn't we so um Anyway, that is it 
for Conversation Street in 2023. Unless we, well, we are, actually we should be able to get, we might get the awards out before the weekend. So um, look out for that. We will definitely get our Patreon episode out for the top five scenes of 2023 in the next couple of days. If there are any patrons that are listening or anybody else, if you want to and send us some of your favourite scenes, do let us know because we would love to hear from them. I mean, we won't steal your ideas or anything, I promise. I think that's about it and it's time to go. Gemma, are you ready to go? I am. Gemma is ready to go. I'm ready to go. So, goodbye. Let's go. Goodbye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs>